Hey guys, really quick before we get started, uh, me and Eli recorded this Monday afternoon, hence no comments on the Monday night games, but if you listen to the Celtics part, let's just say we probably couldn't have uh, said it any better even if we had recorded it after the game. Like, Eli in particular makes a prediction that's like, you'll know it when you hear it, but uh, yeah, Uh, if you hear any banging, uh, I have... We have roofers uh, at our house today. But anyway, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is a long podcast. Uh, covers NFL and or NBA and NFL, the NFL draft, uh, with a little bit of baseball and other stuff at the back end. You know how this works by now if you listen to a few of these podcasts. So, yeah, uh, enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to a, I guess, special NBA NFL edition of the Double Overtime Podcast. I'm Joe Hickman. Joining me on the other line, had a long week as Dylan Brooks' PR agent. It's Eli Corhonan. Eli, how are you? No, I did not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no. I had a good one, but then I forgot it. So I was like, yeah, so it's a low-hanging fruit, but I'll take it. It was either that or something stupid about the Eagles in Georgia. And by day three of the draft, I was just tired of it. So Sure. Yeah. Um, so, Elon, we haven't talked. We pretty much – sometimes when we get on these podcasts, these calls, we talk a little bit beforehand. But I opted not to do that today because I kind of want to shoot from the hip, I guess, and just get your reactions on vit, on uh, on audio because it's you're, you're a pretty thoughtful yeah. guy. That's why you're on this podcast. So – Last time we talked in podcast form was uh, before round one of the playoffs uh, during the playing games, I believe. Round one with yesterday's game seven is now complete. And I guess we should talk about that game seven. Eli, what are some takeaways you have about the Sacramento Kings this season and just that series against the Warriors? Okay, so we're immediately jumping into that. Okay. I mean, um, <clears throat> what are the people here for you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh I mean, not the takeaways, obviously, is that they they had, a, they had a great season, but I think everyone knows that. That's not necessarily brand new information, but as far as the series goes, I think I'm pretty happy the way they, they played the Warriors. Uh, yeah. I think what stands out to me is probably game six, just because That's after they lost game five at home, I was like, they're they're done. This is they're they're a really young team. They're going to take that loss really hard. And it's going to be tough to go into Golden State and try to win a game six when Golden State 100% wants to just get out of there, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't really expect, I guess, Golden State to come out so lethargic and flaccid, for lack of a better word, in, in game six. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was really happy that the Kings, like, immediately from the, from the tip, like, went 100 miles an hour and, like, just didn't stop. Um, game seven, I, I, I thrilled the way they played in, in the first half, obviously. Um, but like Golden State came out of halftime like a cornered animal. Honestly, like they came out desperate. Mostly like, Steph and Kevon Looney, honestly, yeah. more than anybody. Yeah. Um, but they came out like we can't lose this. Yeah. Understandably, because like if they lost, that's probably there are already talks that if they lose, they might think about breaking up the core. Yeah. So there's a, there's a definite, the desperation I understand. And then it, as, as soon as the, the Warriors got the momentum, the, the Kings look like the, like, like, like a deer in the headlights almost. They just didn't know what to do. 
the Warriors' main advantage during this kind of second part of their dynasty has just been the 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 non-fear. The we've been here, you haven't. We're gonna punch you in a in a way, and like let's see, like we're gonna let the pressure choke you out while it doesn't choke us, you know? Yeah. I and I I I'm gonna do this a lot. I know it can maybe get a little annoying when people like compare things in the context of your team, but I think there's a pretty interesting parallel here considering how the Warriors last opponent last season, yeah, which was the Celtics where that, that exact scenario happened. They win game five in Boston and they come back for game six in, in San in San Fran. And like you expected to happen, the Kings happened to Boston. They, they just, they couldn't, they, the series was pretty much over once they took that game five in Boston. I mean, they, and the second half happened, kind of similar to the second half for game seven where yeah. Steph Curry just put their, his foot on their throats. Um, it was truly a special performance, but if we're going to, uh, and we can talk about the warriors, maybe more yeah. so contextually when we talk about their next series, which, Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but um, I do want to talk about this Kings thing. And um, it was a special season, obviously like the beam uh, yeah. making the playoffs the first time in 23 years. It's a lot of playoff streaks ended really in the past few years. I mean, the, the Mar- well, in, even in just this past calendar year, we had the Mariners and the Kings, uh, which yeah. was pretty cool. Um, but the, uh, the thing I want to talk about was, um, so the, fu- the, the, the much maligned Halliburton, uh, Sabonis trade. Yeah. And I, so a lot of people, I think as the Kings started winning, were like, man, win for both teams, yada, yada, yada. And, and like, it's like the Kings made the right decision. The Kings made the right decision. And I understood that in the context of Sacramento is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a long time. And this is the first team that feels like functional and good. And I do think there's value in that, but there was still part of me in the back of my head. Like, I don't know if I'd still count it as like a super big win for the Kings because Halliburton has looked remarkable. And I, I, I'm not afraid to say that. I know you're not either. This was the first time where I was like, okay, I think they might've made the right decision because De'Aaron Fox, man. And I used to be skeptical of this whole, it's a different game in the playoffs, man. It's a different game in the playoffs, but over the past five or so years, I've really started to subscribe to that. And you've seen it. I mean, (laughs) no more so than Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is like the perfect encapsulation of that, but even guys like Steph Curry and uh, Jamal Murray right now, and I think Fox has really shown himself to be one of those guys. I thought he was remarkable in this series in a lot of ways, man. And, you know, I this was the first time I can remember where I truly thought a Western Conference team was going to take down the Warriors. I really I mean, not to, I, I know this doesn't make you feel good now hearing me say this, but I really thought they were going to win game seven. And, you know, if I would have told you the Sacramento Kings took the Warriors to game seven, yeah. <laughs> like two years ago, even yeah. five years ago, you know, you'd have been thrilled with that. And I think Fox really showed himself to be a special kind of guy when it comes to these playoff moments. Now there are other star. We can talk about that in a second. We'll whatever, whatever we want to talk about in that context, but especially after he, after he broke his finger, man, yeah. I thought, I know the numbers won't show that. I thought he was remarkable in game five and obviously game five was an absolute gut punch. And uh, there was another game five going on that was maybe more uh, bigger in the, in the scope of the NBA at the same time Mm because the NBA scheduled that (laughs) really good. Um, But I, I just, I was especially like 
even before the finger injury, but especially the last three games, I was so impressed with what De'Aaron Fox did, uh, did, did considering, and he's really, he's, he's really earned my respect as a, as a playoff guy. And I think those guys are hard to f- come by. Believe me. I know it's hard to find guys who, when it's time to, when it's not cutting time in the postseason. in the NBA, I think more than any other sport, it's, it's, it's a true rarity and it's just a true special thing. And I think Fox showed he's yeah. one of those guys. No, I agree. Um, I think what impressed me was obviously like, I think everyone knew he was going to score to a, to a good degree because he's the number one option on offense anyway. Um, but what, what really impressed me is like when the Kings needed a bucket or a series of buckets, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm, I'm going to get this. Like, yeah. cause we need this. I think a really good example was game one. They were down, I think 10 points in the third quarter in game one. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those classic warrior runs where, you know, they're, they're really trying to put their foot on your throat a little bit. Yeah. That game um, was so special. That was so just And awesome. he scored like eight straight points. And it was yeah. just like, I need to make sure we stay in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have to be the one to do it. Um, and he scored eight straight times. And uh, the, war, the Warriors had a call timeout. And, you know, that was, pre- that was pretty much when the momentum changed in, the, in that game. Staring um, down and, Steph and Draymond and Clay for a lot of that run, too. Like, yeah. Big, big dudes or like yeah. big dudes in terms of their scope of like legend in the NBA. Sorry, go ahead. Um, and, and, and he th- did that multiple times over the course of the series. I will say with the finger thing, um, it didn't affect his shooting like I thought it might. Um, he still no. shot really well, especially from yeah. three. His handles were definitely a little more shaky after yeah. the finger injury. He just had trouble controlling his handles, which is totally not the case with him at all. He has really tight handles most of the time. Yeah. Um, but honestly, yeah, he he played fantastic. I have no other notes on De'Aaron Fox other than that. Yeah. I think the thing that hurt him, ironically, well, not ironically, it was something you've been playing all season. Their lack of size up front just really killed him. I mean, like, beyond yeah. beyond Steph, I think, I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I mean, I can. I was kind of on the other side of it uh, last, last postseason in the finals, but just – Every loony rebound, man. You could hear it in the crowd. Yeah. I think there was one where it was just like, "Are we? F- are you fucking getting me?" Like from the crowd, you could just hear that yeah. that that sigh in the fourth quarter where it's like, "Oh, there's another one." And it's yeah. I game I seven was was the. I mean, he, he was doing that all series, but yeah. The the third quarter of game seven the, was the, was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. He turned into Bill Russell. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't I mean and, and the, the game four was pretty brutal for that too. I think he had three games where he had twenty or more rebounds, and it's just, yeah. I, this is like, I know you won't find comedy in this, and I feel bad kind of saying it, but it was kind of funny when Silver or, or Vivek had that thing rewarded, giving giving Savonis an award for leading the league in rebounds right. as he's just getting destroyed right. on the boards yeah. by Kevon Looney, and part of it is, like I said. They lack size. And I think that's why Steve Kerr's a Hall of Fame coach. He recognized that. And he's like, okay. And like, I'm not going to act like Sabonis was perfect. I even pointed out, I thought, I thought that third and fourth quarter where it's like, dude, just box him out. Don't even go for the rebound. Let someone else try for the rebound. But you can't let Looney be the guy, man. Just box his ass out. It was weird because I thought in the first half he played the most aggressive he'd played all series. Like he was, he played really well in in the first half of game seven. Um, Like he, he, he was actively looking for his shot. Um, he was doing really well on the boards. I felt like he was yeah. fighting a lot more than he did earlier in the series. But then once the Warriors just started getting a couple boards, like he got psyched out. He, like he, he, he didn't know what to yeah. do. 
There was one point where his back was to the fucking basket on an offensive rebound. And I'm like, you're the biggest dude on the court for your team. You got to be looking at the ball. That's what I tweeted that. That's when I tweeted that was just like I said, Sabonis actually box out Kevon Looney challenge. Yeah, it was like he was literally like like it was like a corner who who just like gives up on the knows he's beat. So he just grabs the guy around the waist and takes the 15 yards. It was like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? <laughs> it was like the even the Kings fans were like, you know, obviously it's a high pressure situation. I'm not blaming Kings fans. Every no. team does this. Every team's fans does this. But they go, oh, when there's a when there's a foul call and then you watch the replay, it's like, well, what else are they supposed to do? He's like fucking pushing him back yeah. with his arms. Yeah, it was it was it was a tough look for Sabonis. Also, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't doubt it. Like if I was Sabonis' trainer, I think I'd work on his jumper a little bit in the off season. Cause the Warriors were daring him to shoot. I mean, and my, my thought was, it's like, okay, bro, you got to make him respect it. Like you can't let him play yeah. five on five on four in the paint like that. And it's like, even if you miss like, uh, like even if you go three for nine at the very least, make him pay for it once or twice, because it was, it was getting brutal or, or don't come out to the top of the three point line. It was, it was yeah. just getting so clogged for them. I, I, I was I, yeah the 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 shooting thing was so weird to me because he has a jump shot yeah um he can shoot it he even like averages about like thirty four percent from three when he shoots it granted it only shoots about like two a game but like he can he can hit the three when he when he's given the opportunity he needs but, to go yeah but he no needs... other team played on like the Warriors did where they like dared him to shoot it was so weird and um, that's that's what makes him special man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I guess they were just like, we're okay if you take your jump shots, but we don't want you playing point guard. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what they did. And it worked because he just didn't, he, they psyched him out is what they did. Cause he just, they were like, wait, they want me to shoot the ball. Now I don't know if I want to shoot the ball because I want yeah. to pass the ball. I want to get the shooters open. And he didn't know what to do. Now, once again, that first half of game seven, clearly someone got in his ear and like, you need to be aggressive and take your shot because he started hitting the jumpers and the threes right away with no hesitation. Um, and I wish he'd done that more earlier in the series. Yeah. And he started missing, especially as you said, he was kind of falling apart mentally in that third and fourth quarter where he just like some of those, some of those hooks, you're just like, Oh my God, dude, (laughs) you're just like, please fall in. But yeah. And I think one of the reasons they did it too, was they knew Curry didn't have a chance of staying in front of Fox, but if they had an extra body in the paint, then they could, they could mess up his shot. I think I thought, I thought, I thought both Kerr and Brown did a really good job in this series. I, I, I I feel really good about Mike Brown. I I don't think you can look at what Mike Brown did and really have too much quabbles with it, especially I thought him getting in Keegan Murray's ear. That was really well publicized and just saying, dude, we need you to be better. We need you to be more aggressive. I thought by the end of the series, Keegan Murray had really come on pretty well too. Yeah. Cause uh, he, yeah, I, I agree. I, Cause he was never really super aggressive in the regular season. Like I said, his role in that offense was like find a corner and like wait for the ball, yeah, um, which was really good. Yeah. But like the warriors aren't going to let you just sit in the corner. No. Um, and, uh, it, it took him to like game four to figure that out. Um, yeah. But once he did, he started looking for his own shot. And that really impressed me um, because it, it he didn't show well. any of that during the regular season. And he was like, okay, I'm going to start actively looking for my shot. And yeah. he floors when he started doing that. I thought that was fantastic. Me too. Me too. Um, so moving forward, uh, if they're, I don't know what their cap situation is really. Do they have a? It's decent? not terrible. Um, okay, Barnes is, I think, their only big free agent, right? 
Uh, depends what you define as big. Yeah, he's he's the one a guy, starter. A guy in a ro- in the rotation. He's a starter. Um, so yeah, he's sounds like he, everyone's kind of just done with Harrison Barnes. Um, Trey Lyles is also a free agent. Uh, we'll see what they do with that. Um, I liked what Trey what Trey Lyles did during the season. Um, yeah. I think you know that's, what, I think those are probably the two big ones. You know, it'd be a big swing for them. I don't know. Maybe you get a little too cloggy, but Brooke Lopez is a free agent. You know, I've I've thought about that and I've seen that. My problem is I think that would work great during the regular season. I think you would have a hard time playing those two together on the on the on the court. Yeah, but Brooke has played with Giannis. And yeah, I mean, but... <laughs> I mean, it, they're they're on a great playoff run right now. So so that that that's working out great for them. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, uh yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it, it, like I said, it could be a little clunky, but man, it, in some ways, it, it's a guy who can shoot, a big who can shoot, and just a, a dude who's just like such a force inside. It would be, yeah. it would be very, um, it'd be an interesting fit. Um, let's uh, let's get into some of these other first round yeah. series. Um, Grizzlies Lakers. I guess we'll just go down from uh, <laughs> the other ones. What the funniest series? I think of the, the first. The funniest round. series, yes. So, okay, this is what I mean when I say, like, my Lakers, like, I, I I enjoy the Lakers in a lot of ways, but then I don't in other ways. So, yeah. okay, the Grizzlies talked a ton of shit. And listen, I was someone who kind of defended the Grizzlies stuff. Dylan Brooks needs to shut the fuck up. He played awful. You can't sit there and say LeBron's old. You can't do that. You can't sit there and play LeBron, say LeBron's old whilst having an awful series. Terribly. He yeah. played awful, terrible. And I just, uh, I don't know. Um, and then hide from the media for throughout the rest of the series when they're whooping your ass. I'm just like, okay, dude. And listen, I was with everybody else. What that game five or was it game? I think it was game five, whichever game, the the overtime game where LeBron hit the layup at the last second and everything like that was an awesome, awesome game. And I was having a lot of fun and I was, I was very happy to see LeBron do this stuff. And maybe this is my fault, but then I go online and I see someone saying, in some ways, this is the best performance in, a, in the first round of playoffs ever by a team. And I'm like, did you motherfuckers just watch what the <laughs> Miami just did three yeah. days ago? Yeah. Shut up. Try, at least try to watch the rest of the league. Like, yeah, you know it's what like, I mean? yes. Yeah. And also it's like, okay, you can't have your cake and eat too. You can't be like, this isn't a regular seven seed. And then be like, in some ways, can you believe a seven seeds doing this? No, you're either an underdog or you're not. And I think yeah. the Lakers have officially established themselves as a contender. I, th- I they really had the think best that. record in the West since the trade deadline. The, the yeah. Trade they're the seven seed, but that's because they were horrid in the first half of the season. Yeah. And it's a different team now. And, uh, we'll talk more in our preview about what, what awaits them. But man, uh, I did think they looked really good. Um, it is kind of surreal. I don't think, man, the the the, the way um, I don't want to phrase this. By the way, I I told you this in the chat. Rich Paul, uh, his he's uh, he's engaged to Adele. Yeah, I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told you that in the chat. I don't know if you knew that already, but yeah. what? What a weird thing to read. I remember I was looking. At, I I don't know why I was going on a Wikipedia rabbit hole as I do it like <laughs> every day, but I was on Adele's wiki and I saw. I saw it say she's engaged to sports agent Chris Paul, Rich Paul, and I'm like, the Rich Paul. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, uh, and I just, I just, I don't know. 
I find Lakers fans very cringy in some ways. Like the ones who are like, Jack's back, bro. It's like, remember when Jack Nicholson being there was like just a cool thing. And now they're playing a fucking video for the guy. And I don't know. I always took Jack Nicholson's and maybe this is me reading into like a, a person I've never met or talked to. But I always took Jack as like wearing his shades. It's just kind of like, listen, I know I'm a celebrity. I know I'm a big guy. I'm here to watch my fucking team. I genuinely like the Lakers. I'm old. I don't do movies anymore. And they all do like, holy shit, Jack's back. It's like, I don't know. I I agree because, I mean, he does genuinely like the team. Like, I yeah. thought the whole oh, bit with him is that he supported the team way back in the day and that's had season tickets even yeah, when they weren't. He's, he's a legit like, the basketball best. fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not trying to gatekeep. Like, if you're not a big basketball fan, that's fine. But, like, Jack Nicholson, like, yeah. knows his shit. Yeah. Um, and then I think just cause he was like a big A-list celebrity sitting courtside, that's just the treatment. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it is kind of weird to make a big deal out of it. Um, act like you've been there before is all I'm saying. He is like, it is mid eighties. So I'm sure the dude's not going to go to every Lakers oh, game anymore. One of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see him there, but I also don't think it's it like nice to have Jack world breaking news. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it is kind of weird. I I mean, at least so far in the playoffs. And yeah, like I think it's when he turns it on, it's obviously special. But I think consistently the best player of the past like half season of the Lakers has pretty easily been Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, he had a fantastic series offensively and, de- and especially defensively. Um, and it's just it's it's so. I wonder if stuff's going to come out about Davis and LeBron's relationship, because it does seem like, I don't know, a lot of. A lot of weird names and weird reports are coming out about because Davis and LeBron were super close when they first showed up. I mean, Davis, LeBron, Davis, Davis wanted had, to play with them. Yeah. yeah. Davis had said LeBron's his favorite player. But I mean, yeah. you remember when he broke the record for for the points record and there was that weird video of, of Davis and Russ being kind of distant and then just. I don't. I don't know how much I put stock in this thing, but guys like McMenamin and stuff have been very critical of Davis and McMenamin is a. LeBron guy. If you ever yeah. watch, read Dave McMenamin or listen to him on podcast, pretty clearly whatever you want to put stock into, however his relationship is with LeBron, it's pretty clear he's a LeBron guy. And he was like weirdly critical of Davis. Even during this series, I remember at one point he's like, you know, how can we put up with Anthony Davis's offense? I'm like, I don't know, bro, because he's been the best defensive player in the playoffs. <laughs> like, uh, like the stuff that the rim he was doing, I thought was just sick. I mean, his defense on everybody on that Grizzlies team from jaw down to, to Jaron Jackson, I thought was remarkable. And I think, like I said, no one contributed more to winning this series than him. And that, yeah. and that includes LeBron who was great at, yeah. at times. I mean, but, Davis was like the best player in the court throughout the series. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I think he, they, they need him to be that kind of guy if they want to win the, yeah. win, win it all. Um, Granted, we'll like, he, I mean, his, his health has been an issue for the past couple of years. Um, and every and, time. And I, and that. I think because of that, like we forget how great he is, especially defensively. hundred percent. Um, he is so good on, on both ends of the floor. And like, you know, everyone says it, but like every half he'll take a fall and he just, take a while to get up and you're just like, Oh fuck. So far so good for the Lakers. They move on as for the Grizzlies, man, I still feel good about them because they're young and everything, but boy, this was a tough look, a tough look. Um, I've seen people say the Kings are earning what the Grizzlies thought they were entitled to, (laughs) which is a tough, a tough thing to say. Sure. Um, I would like to see the Kings win a playoff series, but yeah. 
Sure. Well, I think this was before game seven. Oh, okay. this was like the Grizzlies have never had a win like that game six, I yeah. think is what the kind of the, the narrative around that kind of sentiment was. Yeah. Which fair. I mean, they did beat down the Warriors last year without John that first yeah. game, but they did lose that series. Um, and I don't yeah. know. I just I mean, Josh saying I'm not worried about the West and then getting losing Correct. to a seven seed in the first round. Granted, obviously, in context, a little bit different than usual. But yeah. Yeah. Um. You always kind of wonder um, how players perceive other players because, like, fans have a very you – know, like, fans' view of players is whatever, you know, however the, the media portrays it a lot of the time. Yes. Um, and uh, I thought it was really – the Athletic did a really great article, like, a couple weeks ago where they did, like, a player survey. And one of the questions was, like, who is your – like, who's your least favorite team? Um, in, in the league now, right? and the Grizzlies won. And one of the comments from an anonymous player was they're all front runners. They talk when they win, but when you beat them, they like, they hide basically. Um, and well, nailed Dylan it. Brooks really, nailed really it. encapsulated that right there. Yeah. I mean, um, as for the off season, I've been listening to the hoop collective, which I recommended before. And it's a really good podcast, particularly if you kind of like, I feel like Zach Lowe kind of analyzes the X's and O's, but if you kind of like the, the talk of like contracts and like the insider, like drama and stuff, I think the hoop collective is pretty good. All those guys are pretty Brian Windhorst, Tim McMahon, Tim Bontemps. They're all pretty plugged into their own ways. And they were pretty openly talking about, there's a pretty decent chance. Dylan Brooks is not going to be on this team next year. And I mean, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I I don't know how much the Grizzlies care about the way he handles himself. And maybe they like the edge a little bit, but like, I don't I'm not sure what he adds on the floor like and, that, that you can't upgrade on in a in a significant way. And they started winning when they were shooting threes and he was terrible shooting threes. And a lot of people said, well, why don't they just bench books and play canard? And the response was, well, you got to deal with Dylan then. And if that's the case. Just get rid of the guy. His defense isn't that good. He's not, you know, he's not Drew Holiday. Yeah, he is <laughs> not an anchor. He is. Yeah, he's not. He, he can handle himself defensively, but he's not. He's not someone who makes sure like your team the, better. The, you know the, what I mean? That, yeah, I want to give credit to the podcast because they made this comparison before I did. But there's a stark difference between Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks when it comes to dealing with their bull trip. Draymond Green is a Hall of Fame defender. He he's got he's got this the jewel not to not to pull the Clay Thompson four thing but he's got the jewelry and the and the chutzpah and the the sh- he's got yeah. the those hardware to fucking do this shit. Dylan Brooks doesn't, and Dylan Brooks like, and Draymond's not shooting you out of games like Dylan Brooks does. So say what you will about Draymond, he knows his role. <laughs> he knows his role. He does it well. Yes. I, yeah, I hate playing against him. I know I know you did, Eli, but um, understandably, I've been, like I said, been on the other side before. Um, but yeah, and I mentioned before that a team offered four first round picks allegedly for Mikhail Bridges to the Nets when that first happened. Yeah. Apparently that's come out. That was the Grizzlies. And they really could have used Mikhail Bridges in this series. <laughs> uh, that, that would have been a nice trade for them. And that would have been pretty clearly they were playing on Brooks. Now what happens in the offseason? We'll see. There's obviously a lot of moving pieces here, but I think if there's one piece that needs to be improved, it probably would be that second guard next to Ja. And you probably want someone who's a better version of Dylan Brooks who without, yeah. without the drama. So I agree. Uh, let's move on here. 
we'll we'll save we'll save heat bucks for the last because I think that's the most interesting. <laughs> I don't have much to say about Nets Sixers. Joel got hurt. Um, yeah, that's probably the most significant thing to come out. Of I, it. I yeah. feel like everything I want to say about the Sixers, I'll say more in the preview of their next series, which yeah. uh, happens starts tonight. Um, and Cal I think Bridges played fantastic. He did. Uh, I think I'll try to talk about these more in the context of the losers. Um, so the Nets, I, I don't know. I honestly. I feel like they should make the hard pivot, but I think kind of, I I think they really want to. It's just, I mean, well, I guess, but they turned down four first round picks for Mikhail Bridges. And like, as good as Mikhail played, I don't think that they're getting anything better than that. Sure. Well, it depends on the picks If they felt if they're all Grizzlies picks, I could see it being like, well, you guys are going to be pretty good for a while, but I don't necessarily know if they like thought they could get better value. Maybe they just like Bridges as a core piece going forward. I Maybe guess. like like they like they have their dude to build around a little bit, or at yeah. least complement whatever player they want to build around. Like he, they, he's he'll he'll sell tickets. Maybe I don't know. Like um, man, God, what a sad state of affairs that's become. Yeah, like I don't know. Oh, it, I should probably say, <clears throat> Hey, Katie, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? That was going to be my intro. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was going to say, Hey, Eli, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Bing bong. <laughs> oh, that video is so good. I rewatched it again. That might be the best video on the internet. <laughs> and that, that includes a guy saying, Fuck Boston, and then jumping around with an L on his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which. We'll see how the playoffs shake out, but that might become a little bit more relevant here in a few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that that whole video is is great. I'm trying to think what's my favorite part. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Might be the best part. I Bing Bong's great. I love the guy who goes. I can't even try to do it. <laughs> He's just like jumping around in in like ecstasy and just thrill. Oh uh, God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I uh, the Nets are just in an interesting spot. They have a lot of pieces. I think contenders could use like you think the Kings wouldn't want a Dorian Finney Smith. I think the Mavericks would like Dorian Finney Smith right now. Cam Johnson would be an interesting piece for a contender. Seth Curry. uh, I don't even want to get into the Ben Simmons thing, but, you know, there's just a lot of pieces there that they could get something for him. But I just. I don't know what they're going to. I mean, those pieces that you mentioned, I think they definitely want would like to move off of. Yeah. Um, I don't know they why. Want to move off the Ben Simmons. It's ben, ben Simmons might be the worst contract in the league right now, and I feel bad saying that because I mean the dude's obviously going through. I think they might just something. have to eat that one for its duration. But, yeah, man. Uh, I don't even know where you start with that. Um, yeah. So um, next series, we're I'm going to try to fly through We got a lot to talk about, or we we want to talk about the NFL before we get out of here too. Um, Knicks, Cavs, Cavs are. Cavs are four players, and when those four players don't play up to their standard, they're kind of burnt. Uh, I've seen yeah. people saying like they miss Kevin Love. I I get that, but I don't think Kevin Love would have been a huge help. He, would, he probably would have crashed some boards better than Mobley and Allen did, though. Yeah. Good. Um. Well, because we talked about this on our previews when we drew, did the awards pod. I picked the um, Knicks, by the way. I want. I want to. I'll take my little victory lap on that. And I said, Yeah, I we said, uh, we 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 said that the Knicks are a, a bad. Matchup for Cleveland. It's yeah. not yeah. uh they, they Cleveland should be worried and rightfully so because man. <laughs> was cool uh, seeing the garden like that, man. I'll say yeah, that. That was yeah, that was yeah. a cool moment. And then Jalen Brunson continuing to just 
become like a superstar. He's another in, guy, in man. Just a, 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 when when it's a postseason, you need a baller. That's yeah. We saw a lot. I think it's hard because you don't want to take too much stock sometimes in big postseason because we've seen like Bismack Biombos and Jerome Jameses and guys like that get contracts off of good postseason runs, but. I think there's a lot to be taken out of a guy like Jalen Brunson, you know, going off in those first two games without Luca against Utah and man, Donovan Mitchell's gotta be seeing that guy in his sleep. Not as much as Evan Mobley's probably seen Josh Hart in his sleep. I mean, Jesus. What the uh, hell did Chris just send us? Oh no. This is Terry Rozier tweet. Osama should have hooped. Uh, oh, Osama should have hooped. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's And that's then he the replied to it 12 years later. Don't know where I was or what I was doing when I tweeted, but happy anniversary. I was dead ass dead curious. Ass curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. That's that's a that, that's a legendary tweet. That's maybe the best NBA tweet ever. There was another one that I used to like. I think it was God, who tweeted it? I can't remember. I think it was like uh Thomas Robinson or something tweeted, why the fuck is snowing with two explanation points? I don't know why I used to think that one was so funny. Uh, there's some there's some very funny ones when players weren't uh, – agents weren't so cognizant of Twitter from like 2009 where uh, I can't repeat them because I don't say the N-word. But stuff like Russell Westbrook tweeting at Kevin Durant about how – like when they were teammates about how he stinks and how his stuff stinks. Kevin Durant has some crazy ones. Kevin Durant has the Taylor Swift, I want to drink your bathwater one, which uh, I know certain, <laughs> certain members of the podcast get sympathetic with. Um, there's the one where he talks about how someone's talking about his ashy elbows and he and implying unfairly that he might be homosexual because he uses lotion and he vehemently defends his use of lotion. Uh, he's like, what's wrong with having smooth, smooth, creamy skin or something like that? Yeah. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I, there's a whole compilation on like Reddit of, uh, of NBA early tweets. I found <laughs> that's too off the deep end. I won't go there anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so for the Cavs, work around the edges to find some depth for this roster. I mean, yeah, I agree. That, that's the best you can do. They don't have any picks because of the Mitchell trade. Um, some people are more worried. I kind of feel like eh, it's, it's, it's early in the thing. Uh, Bickerstaff didn't have a good series, but he's going against Thibodeau. Thibodeau's a great coach. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't, didn't have a great moment in game one of round two, but I'll talk about that. But um, yeah, I am um, going ahead. How, how do you feel about the, uh, the reports that Mitchell would like to leave as soon as his contract is over? Which is in two years. Okay. Okay. Um, two years away <laughs> is a long time. I can't yeah. imagine Cleveland trades in this offseason. If it goes nah. bad next offseason, I guess we'll see. They're not going to get back what they gave up for him. Uh, no. Man, Mitchell, I think. I think it's kind of telling that how good Utah did once Mitchell and Gobert left. I think I think the vibes were pretty bad. Now, granted, Rudy Gobert, it sounds like may have given Mitchell's dad COVID when he started the pandemic here in the U.S., um, which is bad, real bad. Um, but I, I mean, like, I don't think Mitchell's blameless and all that. I think he's he's he's. He's shown to be, I don't, I don't like using diva. He's an expressive personality. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say. And I don't, I don't think he likes that Darius Garland might've shown more in this playoffs than he did. That's how, that's all I'll put it out. Uh, given, given what I've seen from Donovan Mitchell and you know, Mobley's going to get older. I know Mobley had a bad series and yeah. I know some people are trying to put that on him, but he's a kid. He's like 21, 22. 
he'll get better. He'll bulk up. He'll learn what he has to do in the NBA. I thought Mitchell Robinson, I've long been a Mitchell Robinson guy. I thought he played great in this series. I thought all the, besides Julius Randle, ironically, I thought a lot of the Knicks bigs played great. Another guy I'm a big fan of, Obi Toppin, really coming on to the point that We'll talk about that when we get to Nixie. Um, what series? Atlanta, Boston. Uh, uh, I'm I'm glad it's over. I just I. I'm, we'll talk about Boston when we get to the next. Um, or when, I'm sorry, when we get to the Sixer series. Um, I. Uh, Trey Young's really good. Trey Young can as a guy who can step up in big moments he's not scared of the moment now obviously can kind of bite you in the ass i think it did atlanta towards the yeah. end uh have obviously huge shot uh something okay you want to know my takeaway from the hawk side well the 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 non-celtics takeaway very nice to have gus johnson back in the nba calling play yeah um, yeah i re- you know what i like about gus johnson he's on he's older than you think like he's talking about like john havlicek and shit in these games and he like remarks about how good the players are now. Like uh, he saw Trey Young launched one of those crazy threes he does from super far away. Because <laughs> Johnson just opens like, "Wow, that's just that's just what these guys can do now." <laughs> like, when you think about like, you know, I, I get so tired of hearing these guys like, and I like Charles Barkley, but you know, Barkley and Shaq lament about how much they hate how much threes are in the game nowadays, and it's like, can we just remark about how like? You and I were talking about maybe doing an off-season series where we watch some old uh, some old NBA games or something. So I was checking out a little bit of uh, one of the games I want to check out that's on NBA uh, Spurs Heat Game Six. Even how long ago is that game? Like eleven years ago now, right? Even yeah. just back then, the game is so different, so different. I'm just I'm just like it's slower for one, yeah. and just just it's not built around getting threes it's about getting to the bucket which is fine i don't i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but it's just it's so amazing how much steph curry and james harden and these guys have just changed what basketball is nowadays it's it's very interesting but um yeah um i, I was I guess johnson on the call that's that's my takeaway from that series uh that's not boston related i have some definite boston takeaways uh i think that's everything Oh, uh, uh, Nuggets, Timberwolves. I have no takeaways other than Minnesota should be just a, just how, uh, how do you come out of this feeling good? No, you don't. After last year. No, no, you, you, you don't. (laughs) I mean, obviously he'll take the extension, but man, it's, it's, and granted Anthony Edwards wasn't, wasn't great in this series either. Except for the game they won, but man, I mean, go go bear in towns. I I I think it should both be embarrassed. Quite frankly, yeah. I another another flop from towns in the playoffs. Yeah. It's just like man. Uh, and then Sixers clip or Suns Suns Clippers. I thought Russ had a fun series. I thought Russ had a really awesome game one, despite his shooting line. I mean that that playoff of Devin Booker was incredible. Mm-hmm. But you know, I. Clippers are another team where it's like, I, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, Paul and Leonard are eligible for extensions. They're going to want a lot of money. And especially with the new salary cap restrictions for going in the luxury tax, I think the Clippers are going to have a lot of come to Jesus moments in the coming months. And 
I picked this team to make the finals. I, I, I when when you go back to our to our power rankings pod, they were they I don't were I don't know if they, 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 they were one or two. I don't. Yeah, you know. they were number one on my list in my preseason yeah. power rankings. I really I thought this was going to be the year it all came together, and it, it definitely did not. And it did not, which sucks because um, after that came one, I felt pretty good, and then yeah. I got hurt. Yeah, and it's just like fuck, which sucks because I think he. He's another guy, man, in the playoffs. He's on that, like, Butler yeah. level. But when he's healthy, it's... They just can't seem to hit that spot <laughs> at the right time where both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are healthy in big games like this. It just it think, doesn't seem to, to line up. Think back to that 2019 <laughs> offseason, man. Yeah. Kawhi and Paul George go to the Clippers. Durant and Kyrie go to the Nets. There was no pandemic. <laughs> Everything was great. And now look where we are. It's just <laughs> imagine, imagine if by 20, 2023, imagine telling, coming, going back to the, how we're feeling that 2019 postseason, being like, okay, uh, the Clippers and Nets have no rings. The Nets are completely destroyed and the Clippers might be next. Like, yeah, it's imagine, just yeah. crazy, crazy. But that's where we are. They, the Clippers um, better hope they're not next because they got that new arena fucking opening up, and I'm sure they would like to not bottom out when that happens. Yeah, man, and I don't know. I I, I completely, like, I, I think there's no middle ground. There's people who are like, the Clippers should be embarrassed with the Shea Gilders-Alexander trade with other people. Yeah. And some people are like, you know, you do that trade 100 times out of 100. And I agree, man, because they're not just trading for Paul George. They're getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard coming off of, off that championship where people were saying that's the best player in the world. And you get Paul George? Yes, yeah. you're giving up Shea Gilders-Alexander. Fine, and everybody and their mother was saying all that team needed was a superstar and they got two superstars out of it. Everybody and their mothers would have done, would have signed up for that. I don't care that you're giving up Shea and a bunch of draft picks in that moment. You're signing up for that. I I don't, you want to be Bill Simmons and be like, I just wouldn't have given up Shea in the deal. Well, then you're not getting Kawhi Leonard or you're not getting Paul George. I'm sorry. Like I, I don't, I hate when people say that shit. I wouldn't yeah. have given up that guy in the deal. Well, then the deal's not happening. I saw uh, Bill Simmons said this again. He's like, well, I wouldn't have given up Cam Johnson in the, in, in the Kevin Durant deal. Well, we just saw a staring contest for Kevin Durant for like eight months until Joe, yeah. um, until their new owner came in and was like, well, let's, we got to, tra- we got to do this trade because the Suns, because the Nets weren't budging until they can get everything they could have for the Suns. So obviously that trade's not happening without that. Ah, it's so so annoying. Anyway, I think there's a middle ground between saying, yes, they would have done the trade. But then I'm also seeing people say, saying people say, well, this era of the Clippers is a success because now now people take the Clippers seriously. I'm like, they do. This is a success. And everyone's like, well, now free agents will come to the Clippers. No free agents ever come to the Clippers. You know what people said about Boston after Al Horford and Gordon Hayward came to Boston? Now the Celtics can sign free agents. You know how many free agents the Celtics have signed since then? I don't the, think anybody like literally the Clippers anybody. getting free agents is not the issue. That yeah. is not their issue. It, it's their like, issue is that they, their two superstars can't be healthy at the same time ever. I, I it, Yeah. And it's a shame because like I said, we talked about this in the last pod podcast, but when those two are healthy, they're so it's good. It's like unbelievable. What, what, what the Clippers metrics are. 
Yeah. They're like the best team in the league when both those guys are healthy. Again, even now, that roster on paper looks sick. See how good Nick Batum looked? And um, oh, who's who's my other guy? Norm Powell. How good they looked at times in this playoffs. Um, Batum didn't have a great series. But Powell, I had like a 40-point game in the playoffs. This team should be running through the West. But such is life. Yeah, It's hard, man. It's hard. You, you take a gamble. And then, yeah. you know, the gambles don't pay off. Hey, the Raptors took a gamble on Kawhi Leonard and they got a ring out of it. You know, yeah. you, you, you take that a hundred times. 100. This is the other thing I fucking hate when people are like relitigating that, that, that Pelicans. I saw Simmons saying, because Davis is having a good series. I think the Lakers won that trade. They got a fucking ring already, bro. Yes, of course, they, yes, they, the yes, they got a ring out of it already. Yes, I get it. You don't like giving up assets. I, I'm. I believe me. I, look at how the Celtics team got built. I'm a big a fan as any as getting a bunch of assets for superstars, and obviously it backfired on the Nets. But if you get a ring, that's the whole thing. I've seen in the NFL with the Rams and the Lions, people are being like that. Well, the Lions won that trade. Fuck off. The, the Rams have a Super Bowl. That's what they came here for. Do they look bad now? Sure. Obviously, but they got the they, ring. They lived in the moment and it paid off. Do you think that Les Need and Sean McVay didn't realize that they were going to go through some tough times after that? A hundred percent. They got the just ring. Like, Fuck it. They got the chip, bro. Aaron Donald running and around like, with his helmet off, pointing to his ring finger is what you li- what you're doing that for. Aaron Donald listen, has his ring. It's not like the. I mean, the Rams are not in a great spot, but part of the reason they're in a great spot is because like last season, they were destroyed by injuries. They like couldn't recover. No, I, I don't think any team is going to recover with the amount of injuries the Rams sustained last year. And you know what I mean? Like, and we'll like, talk about we'll talk about the Lions in a second. But I get it. It's like if you want to say, like, I don't think the Broncos selling the farm for Russell Wilson and the the and the the Rams selling the farm for Matthew Stafford can be yeah. looked at in the same light. Yeah, they yeah. both gave up top top ten picks or top like six picks in this year's draft. The Rams won something. Yes. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I hate this. I listen. I love the draft. I love getting assets as much as the next guy. But when it's time to fucking go, go. Put your yeah. foot on the gas and fucking go. Because your your windows are are so small, and oftentimes they're smaller than you even realize in the moment. Believe me. Yes. A hundred percent. So you need to just full send it when you know uh, you have that window. <laughs> This is such a weird rabbit hole. I'm about to go down so much. Ethan, we went to McDonald's and the happy meal toys they have were the mass singer, which was so weird. That is anyway, bizarre. Yeah. So Ethan wanted <laughs> to watch the mass singer. So I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess. Oh the man. He's, he's, he's going to be on the trash TV. Just like, just like you, just like daddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, we're watching the first episode. So we, we just put on Hulu. We just put on the first episode, whatever. It, it's goofy. It's so funny how seriously some of the judges take it. Like it's, it's goofy. And I just love the names that they throw out. Like, like people who would never lower themselves to this show. They'll be like, that sounds like Barack Obama. I'm like, you think, you think Barack Obama <laughs> is going to put on one of those fucking masks and sing my prerogative to you. You think that's what's happening right now. But anyway, so the first ever mass singer they revealed, and I forgot about this, was Antonio Brown, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> perfect. But it led me down a rabbit hole. And it's like, dude, I like six years ago, I loved Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was my favorite player in football, maybe my favorite athlete alive today, but that was still playing. 
And now just look at where we are six years later, you know? Yeah. And it's just like time flies, man. It's fast in sports. If you got a chance, fucking go for it. I don't I don't begrudge the Rams at all for what they did. They got a chip. Do you know what I'd fucking give for the Steelers to get their seventh ring? You know what they look at what Howie did. Like and granted how how he's how he played it so well that he had his cake and ate it too, but how he recognized, you know, I, and I know they'll never say this and they just wanted to back it, but I think how he recognized that maybe Carson's not our guy. And if we have a chance for a new quarterback, it's a shot worth taking. And, you know, we, we were critical of it at the time. I mean, you, I think you tweeted what the fuck or something. I mean, that whole draft was just a, a whirlwind. Yeah. Like the Jalen Rager didn't pick him, didn't work out, but man, that Jalen hurts pick looks really good right now. Um, so yeah, anyway, we, that was a long rant. I apologize. Let's get on to round two of the playoffs before we talk about some NFL. Yeah. Suns. We'll start with the two that Harry had games as we're recording this. Uh, where I don't know if I'll get this. I probably won't get this up before game one of Sixers Celtics tonight. But um, Suns Clipper or Sun, Suns Clipper Suns Nuggets. Yeah. Boy, that game. Um, it's weird. You'd think after a five game win uh, or a five five-game series win, I'd feel better about the Suns. Yeah. I came out of that being like, oh, man, their depth is, is not good. And, and I was kind of worried about we, them. Against we kind of knew that going in, is that the yeah. depth would be the thing that would kill this team if something would kill this team. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Denver's really deep, and they're 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 going to score, and, boy, did they yeah. showcase both those things. I. And it's not even like I don't think Denver's super deep, but I think that they have a starting They're five they trust. True. And I just don't think it's so funny how the playoffs work. Just that one little thing, missing that fifth piece that you really, yep. really trust can hurt. And granted, I want to be clear. I don't think this series is anywhere close to over. Yes, no. Denver beat their ass in round or yeah. in game one. That team still has Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, man. Those guys yeah. are gamers. Booker, especially, I think, has really yeah. shown himself over the past past couple years to be one yeah. of those guys. But I think you saw, man, they're, they're Denver ain't scared. Denver's ready to punch him no. in the mouth. And I think and Denver's been around the block now for, for, you know, they're, they're not new to this. So, you know, and they don't like the Suns, especially man. Jamal Murray, not, two, not afraid of the moment at all. Two years ago was Suns and four guy uh, fighting that one Denver Nuggets fan. I mean, like <laughs> they, they, they swept them yeah. and man, I don't know. You know, I don't like playing sports psychologists, but you look at eight and two years ago and eight and now, yeah. I think it's clear. He, he just has, he did him. We, we've seen this with Chris Paul before and bigs, like you've seen the Deandre Jordan thing. Yeah. And just, I think your confidence just gets zapped when you get screamed out. And I Mont, Monty and Chris Paul are both can be really, really aggressive. And I think yeah. Aiden's just not the kind of guy who responds to that. Remember Aiden being so physical with Jokic two years ago in that series. And it's like, Oh my God, are we seeing one of the next great bigs? And even, yeah. even, Giannis in the finals were like, dude, this guy, this guy's a baller. Mm -hmm. And now he's just so afraid. Like he just doesn't seem that physical, that confrontational. Whitewood should be his physical prime. And just Jokic just kind of had his way. Obviously Murray was the big story, but I thought Jokic too. Um, we'll, we'll see as the series goes along, but I'm, I don't think it's like a Denver dominant series or something, but I, I do feel kind of confident picking the nuggets right now. Say that one more time. I wouldn't, like I said, I don't want to overreact to game one, but like, I still think I'd pick the nuggets right now. Just based, even before the series, I was kind of feeling that way. Just based on the depth issue. Uh, it's hard because they still have Kevin Durant. I do want to say that. Yeah. I, 
it's tough for me to lean too heavily in in in, in the Nuggets' direction. I will say, Game One was, uh, you know, not pretty. Not pretty. Um, also, I've I've said this before. We've said this before, but Denver has one of the best home court advantages in the league. When 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 you play in that altitude all year, you're used to it. And especially when teams when, aren't, and you have to yeah. go up there and play four games in a series, especially, especially at the pace that Denver will play. Chris like, Paul, the guard, Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in Denver, when he's like almost forty. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, then, that's and then fair. and then and then eight to like body up with with Jokic, who Jokic. is a, a gigantic human being. And he's like, physical. It's not, it's not... Jokic ain't Jokic ain't scared of that. Jokic ain't scared of the contact. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think this is gonna be a good series. I like all these these second round series. Um. So I'll take yeah, I'll, I'll say Denver, but I think it's like Denver and seven maybe. Like yeah. I think that series is very close. Um, Knicks Heat. So. Oh my God! We didn't talk about Bucks Heat. <laughs> well, I guess now's a good time as any. Yes. I mean, what what do you even say, Jimmy Butler? <laughs> I guess we'll start. We there. could start with the Heat, I suppose, but the Bucks are. You know. What a special, special player, man. Yeah. I mean, there's, and it's not like it's his only time doing it, you know. I I mean, so you you were obviously watching a different Game Five at the time of that game five, how much of game five did you see the, the heat? I didn't Bucks? see any of it live because I was okay. watching the Kings game, but I did go back and watch the highlights. Cause I had heard about what it transpired, dude. <laughs> so I'm watching. Yeah. So I, so the NBA put on like four games that night, which was the stupidest fucking thing. But, um, there's always so much you can do when there's so many like first. Well, it's because they, they yeah. here's what it was. They didn't want to put more than one game on Thursday because of the draft. Which right, right, right. Yeah. Part of me gets, but part of me is just like, just fucking man up and fucking put on another game there. But anyway, um, so I I'm at work and I the way I can I I work in the back during the beginning of my shift and I'm like unloading the truck. So I set up my phone and I have my earbud in so I can hear the whole game and if I see something crazy I can look at my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turn uh self. Kings Warriors goes to halftime. So I turn on the Bucks heat game and the Bucks are up like 10 points. And I'd already done this with the Bucks heat game four. And I was, I'll be honest. I was, I, I hated doing it, but I was rooting for the heat because <laughs> I don't want to play Giannis in the playoff series again. And the Bucks are up big. And then they, the heat just start coming. And the really crazy thing is there's a part at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they take out Jimmy for like four minutes and uh, this game was on NBA TV, by the way, which is just like, what the fuck? But anyway, yeah. Once um, you get there, there's only so much you can do, I suppose. Yes, so man. I guess I don't know what the ESPN contract is with the playoffs in round one, but the well, ESPN, ESPN has the draft. So, but the draft wasn't on that night. Oh, this was Wednesday. Okay. Um. But anyway, um. So they just start. They start the run with Jimmy on the bench and. Man, I don't know how you bring back Bud. I thought Bud was awful in this series, even by and he's had some stinkers. But yeah. uh, I, I mean, not calling the timeout at the end of this game. But man, uh, shout out by the way, Gabe Vincent on that lob, like perfect lob. That pass has to be perfect to get in Jimmy's hands. And you know, I, Spolstra obviously, I, I I make fun of Heat culture, but I think the two guys I I will always respect are Spolstra and Butler. I think both those yeah. guys are special, yeah. special guys at what they do. And man, Jimmy just Jimmy just 
is not afraid of anything. If you've yeah. seen the guy's upbringing, like read about his life story, you can see why. But man, what a yeah. what an awesome dude! What an awesome. He player. had his way with one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. All of them. Yeah. I, I joked. I semi joked. I I flirted with the idea of voting three bucks as my defensive players of the yeah. year, like like yeah. as like my one two three. Lopez couldn't guard him. Holiday couldn't guard yeah. him. Even Giannis. I know they didn't use Giannis as much as they should on Butler, but I, yeah. I don't think Giannis was good. And Grant, I want to say, I think Giannis's back was pretty fucked up. If you watched him, he 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 clearly wasn't hundred percent. He couldn't finish at the rim. And yeah, he yeah. missed a lot of free throws and you ha- you should make those, but like I've uh, trust me, I've seen Giannis. He's never been running. like a fantastic free throw shooter, though. No, but. no. And it, it, but like he was settling for jumpers, and I I've seen Giannis attack the rim went healthy. He yeah. did not look like that. And God bless Bam Adebayo. I know he's a good defense defensive center. Okay. Uh, they had Rob Williams, who's also pretty goddamn athletic and big. And Giannis was getting to the rim. Like he's, yeah. he, he, he was hurt, but that said five games, man. I mean, they, they didn't win a single game that Giannis started. Like that's crazy. Um, I, I, I don't see how buds, I don't see how buds back. And if I'm Nick nurse, I am like pausing all my interviews till I find till the Bucks out and out say that we're bringing Budenholzer back because if I'm Nick Nurse, that's job number one I want, baby. Yeah, I don't care how old the roster is. I know people are saying like referendums and will they bring back Lopez and Middleton, whatever, whatever. If you have Giannis, I'll take my chances, man. I'll take my chances. I don't know how are you how are you feeling about the Bucks coming out of this? I feel great. I mean, I I want I I wanted them out. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you feel great. I'm sure you're super thankful that the Hawks did what they did in the play-in, dude. Uh, because I, I, I tweeted are, that. Yeah. I tweeted that. I posted. It, I'm like, thank fucking God. Me and Sam that night. That night, the Hawks played the Heat. Even with the Heat being beat down, we were calling each other, being like, "Thank fucking God. Thank <laughs> fucking God. We don't have to play that team again." And granted, they're not out of the woods yet in that respect. But they don't. No. Have, they didn't have to play in round one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I think the Bucks are fine generally. Uh, we'll see what they do. I, I've seen some crazy takes like, "Oh, this they they need to blow this up now." No, they, they don't. They, they got to do something. And I think the they, they, I mean, they they got to do something. But th- you don't need to blow this up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the age is becoming a factor. But I, even then, yeah. you, you can't. All you can do really is resign the guys because it's like you're not signing trading Middleton for anybody of. Significance, and I don't see why you'd get rid of Lopez. Yeah, he's older, but I think I don't think Lopez was the problem. He's good, man. Lopez is very good. Yeah, I think you ride it. I think the one thing is you got to get rid of Bud. I I I think (laughs) so. So you saw the last possession with Grayson Allen, obviously. Yeah. So they didn't call timeout there. They asked Bud in the post game. They're like, Bud, uh, you had a timeout there. What what happened? And he just said, I should have called timeout. Yeah. You don't come back from that, bro. You don't come back from that. I realize he won a ring a few years ago, but he's this is not the first time Bud's fucked up a playoff series. He fucked up against Nurse in in 2019. He fucked up in the bubble. I I just yeah. I I I he his lack of adjustment is like startling, and I he does a he's an amazing regular season coach. I honestly believe that his his philosophy and everything. But you you in the playoffs you can't be process over results one hundred percent of the time because your process is flawed, and and I don't know they didn't send a single double at Jimmy Butler, the one guy in the gym. I'm, I'm just, I, 
I think I think this is this is an embarrassment for Bud. Yeah. Personally. Okay. Let's get into uh <clears throat> uh Bucks Heat. Or fuck fuck. Nick's heat. Heat Nick's. Oh my yeah. god, I'm just all over the place. Huh. Um I I think the Knicks really blew game one. So Butler gets hurt in game one, right? Yeah, he turns his ankle. Yeah, Turns his ankle. They put it back out there towards the end of the game. I think when he came back in, it's like a four-point heat lead. Yeah. He can't move. He's like standing in the corner. He's Keegan Murray in the regular season. He's standing in the corner. And then, okay, so why are you not just switching on this guy? Yes, I'm aware. Jimmy Butler is a physical defender and everything. Make him earn it, man. If he wants to be sure. out there with a bad ankle, you got Jalen Brunson, man. Make him earn it. Yeah. There was a there was a series. There was a there, there was a possession where Brunson has Butler on him and he switches him off. He calls a screen and lets Jimmy Butler switch on a guy who's just standing in the corner with him. And I'm screaming at my TV because I want the Knicks to win the series for personal reasons that I yeah. mentioned before. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I was yeah. so mad. I, I felt like every Knicks fan. And I, I, man, I, I thought just blowing that game one, that, that hurts, man. And I know Kyle Lowry, heat devil magic, whatever the, the Knicks on talent should win this series. Yes. Jimmy Butler special. And yes, the bucks should have won their series, but man, the Knicks are more talented, even with I the agree. Randall injury. They're just so much deeper. The, Man, that was the craziest thing about the Jimmy Butler. Especially because the, the Heat don't have a hero either. So the Heat yeah. don't have hero. Yeah, everyone's limping on that team, man. I yeah. mean, the end of that, the end of that Heat, that Heat Bucks game. I mean, that game should go in like the fucking Hall of Fame with how good Jimmy played. Yeah. Uh, those last two games, but that, I didn't even mention this. Everyone's fouling out. Bam fouls out. Kevin Love, who'd been awesome, fouls out. It's like it's like yeah. it's like a, a war movie where soldiers are just dying around Jimmy and he's just pushing on. It was it was really incredible. But I, I just feel like you can't give the heat a win like that. Sure. And it really hurt him. I really do. And I like this Knicks team, man. I like I love Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. all those dudes. But man, um, not necessarily to go back to the Warriors, but um, you, you mentioned how the Knicks were like reluctant to switch on to Jimmy pretty much. Um, something that I think the Warriors do very well, especially in the playoffs, is they make you they make the other team prove stuff yes. to them before they actively see you know, the Demontis conversation we had earlier. Yeah, they're like, you need to prove to me that you can do this before we start game planning for it. Yeah, um, make us respect you. Yeah, um, I understand. Like Jimmy is an all world defender, uh, but as soon as he turned that ankle and like he had that exactly. whole injury thing, like do it once and see what happens. Just do it once and be like, okay, let's let's see you defend Jalen Brunson one on one, Jimmy. And to me, all you're doing is showing the Knicks that you're or showing Miami that you're scared. Like yeah. that in, in Miami, that's what they feed on yeah. is shit like that. And I'm not even saying scared like a mental thing. Like scared like, oh, you don't want Jimmy on Jalen Brunson? Oh, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna yeah. make that hell yeah. for him when Jimmy's healthy now. I, I just I I understand. Jimmy Butler's great, but his the human body, he's literally not, he didn't do anything on offense at the end of that game. They just, yeah. they just blew it. And it just, it yeah. was just like a star for Meyer. Like, man, yeah. I don't know if this Nick team has it. Man, yeah. I just, also, I, I mean, I, I think it makes sense with the Nick. They're, they're a really young team too. I think they we are. forget that a little bit. Um, are, and man, where, where the, the Miami has been there, done that largely. Yeah. So, 
and the, the experience will, will definitely play a factor. Look how Cleveland reacted to the to MSG compared to how Miami reacted to MSG. Yeah. If you need any stark reminder right. of that, man, right. it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy almost relishes the the opportunity to, oh, to do that exactly. Hundred and ten percent. They were in Whereas Milwaukee. Cleveland was Game was. Why was in Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh man. Game three, we didn't even talk about, or I mean, game four was special too, man. That was another comeback. Jimmy had like 55 points in that game. Yeah. That that was that one was cool because they had Kevin Harlan on the call just losing his fucking mind too. Yeah. Oh, God, playoff basketball is so good. Um, <laughs> I know you're not a, a, a big fan of it right now, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, let's do Celtics Sixers. Okay. Okay. Really game quick one tonight. But yeah. Fun fact about this uh, playoffs. I'm sure you've seen this already, but uh, the seeds that advanced in order, there's a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, a four seed, a five seed, a six seed, a seven seed, and the eight seed all in the round two. I, that's the first time that's ever happened, which is mm-hmm. uh, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Um, okay. You know, ESPN has the Sixers favorite. That's really weird. What? So the, so the, so the Vegas odds are, Minus 490 Celtics, which makes sense. The ESPN gives Sixers a 52% chance to win the series. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, they have the best player in the series, but he's also they do, but completely hobbled. When you just um, go down the roster, it's just Boston, 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 Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> like, listen, okay, let's, let's talk about this. Okay. Yeah. I, I've mentioned this, the a theme I've said about the Celtics is this is if it's going to be a year, it's never going to look better than it does this year. Correct. That's more true now. That's more than true now that the Bucks ever. got bounced. Yeah. They have home court throughout the playoffs now, including yeah. the finals. If they make it, they yeah. have the best record of any team left in the playoffs. Yeah. They, I think if you, we did another power rankings, I think we pretty easily put Boston at one. Yeah. Am I crazy for saying that? Yes. No. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I want to make it clear because I don't want my bias to shine through here. Stop fucking around. I can't stand this shit. I cannot stand this shit. That Hawks series should have been over in five. I'll, I won't say four. I'll give the Hawks some credit. That game they lost game five in Boston yeah. Where they had the lead, and yes, I'm not trying to take away anything from Trey Young, who's great. Boston gave that game away, man, and it was some bullshit that they always do, where they think they're better than the team, they think the game's over, and Marcus Smart starts doing dumb shit. I, uh, I wish I could take Marcus Smart's offensive brain and put it in Jason Tatum. Yeah, Tatum needs to just, I, and I, I hate being this guy. I hate sounding like I'm a 60 year old man on Boston radio, but. <laughs> Tatum, buddy, go watch how Jimmy Butler plays down the stretch. I understand. I get it, bro. You're not that kind of guy. And that's fine. That's actually kind of what makes this team so good is that you're not a selfish guy. You're not somebody who's all about me, 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 me. And I I respect that. But at some point, dude, put the fucking crown on, dude. And I will say I feel a little better because at the end of that Hawks game, at the end of that Hawks game, game six, it was closer than it needed to be. And Tatum just said, all right. Fuck this. We're not letting this happen. This is not yeah. a game, a seven game series and put the hat on and fucking dominated. Yeah, that's great. And the cool thing about this team is they play to their competition. So when it is a big, a big fucking matchup, I honestly think I like them in that, you know, I like them staring down a great team. 
I swear to fucking God. And granted, I'm, we're recording this before game one. It's looking like Embiid's not going to play. It's looking like Embiid's not going to play. You yeah. already squandered an opportunity for a chance for Embiid not to play the first two games of this series in Boston. Don't dick around. I don't care that Embiid's not playing. I don't care that Paul Reed might start. I don't care that James Harden looks like he can't run a 540 right now. Don't fuck around. Play this team like they have Joel Embiid. Play this team like they're a real contender because guess what? That's when you get into trouble. That's yeah. when the Hawks game happens. You just need that's, a game where James Harden drops like 45. You know what I mean? There's, like this. I, I, I don't say this. I don't say this arrogantly. There is no conceivable world where a team this team this Sixers team without Joel Embiid should beat the six the Celtics. No logical world where that exists where the Celtics don't fuck this up. I don't say that to insult the Sixers. I like the Sixers. I thought they played really impressive against the Nets. Without Embiid, this team is not better than the Celtics. I don't think this team's better with Embiid with against the Celtics, but I think it's closer and you can have a conversation because they do have the best player in the series. Correct. This team is built to beat this team without Embiid. This team has no size without Embiid. This team is all wings that can't get past your big guys. Harden looks so slow against the Nets. Jalen, they shouldn't have a problem defending Harden in a big context. Yes, Harden's going to hit his crazy step back threes and draw some fouls that are stupid. Don't let that affect you. Let him get his 20 points in on an efficient scoring. Maxi has never played well against the Celtics. He is very small. Is he talented? Absolutely. Watch that Nets game, but he's very small. He is not Trey Young. Okay. You guys should be able to defend him. Don't fuck around. Okay. I'm so done. This team, it's never looked better than it does right now. Ever, ever, you don't have to play Giannis now. Yeah. Relatively, Joel Embiid, assuming he plays in this series, on is going to be the best player you play in the East. Yeah, probably. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, we'll see what Jimmy Jimmy. Butler does. But well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to say the H word out loud. You're relatively healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I, Rob Williams concerns. Whatever. I completely understand that. They're, I think they're playing Rob a healthy amount. I think Missoula's done fine for the most part. He fucked up the end of that series again. You're playing Doc Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I please, please, please just take care of business. Don't fuck around. Take the games they give you. This is a given game. This is a game that sh- you should win. Everyone's expecting you to win. Win. Okay, I'm done with my rant. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know that's personal to me. I just needed it off my chest. Um, You're good. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Listen, man, the Sixers, the Embiid health stuff sucks. <laughs> it really does from a Sixers fan perspective. We'll see. I, I have seen James Harden in the playoffs before. That's all I'll say. And this team matches up great. And the Celtics have always played well against the Sixers in this era. We'll see. I'm not going to make a prediction on this series. I, I can't do it to myself. Uh, <laughs> Lakers Warriors. Oh boy. Oh man. What a series. This is a, this is a big one. It's a big one. It's going to be like scorched earth between the fan bases. This is going to be like nuclear. Yeah. They have, it's maybe a matchup between the two best players of this generation. Uh, Possibly for the last time. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It could yeah. be. We'll see what happens. Um, it's the one guy who's looked the Warriors in the eyes the most and said, I'm not scared. Yeah. 
the guy who handed the Warriors their most humiliating loss, maybe their two most humiliating loss, that game seven. And a couple of years ago uh, in the playing game, that crazy playing game where he hit that game winner. I mean, I think yeah. that was, that was a pretty devastating loss for the Warriors too. Um, if he stays healthy, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble on the, like Looney's not going to bully Davis. Like he did. Sabonis. No. Like, I, I think they're going to have a real, tr- I think, I think this is a pretty good matchup for the Lakers. If I'm perfectly honest, I like, yeah. Part of me is like, they don't have a guard that can defend Steph and jo- like Steph's a different animal than jaw, obviously. But yeah, I think for the most part, they match up pretty well. Otherwise I, I, they're big, man. They're real big and they're really physical. And I, I like that about a playoff team. That's how they won the title the last time. Yeah. Their shooting is questionable. By the way, D'Angelo Russell revenge series, anybody? Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, shooting's questionable, but man, it's just, I don't think the Warriors aren't that big either. They just had more size than the Kings, but I mean, I, Jordan Poole has to be better than he was against Sacramento for them to even, I think, to to be in the series. They need shoot. They need Thompson and Poole to be better. Um, they need their, I think they need their whole bench unit to be better. Because their their yeah. bench didn't really do a whole bunch. I think weirdly, when you're relying on Moses Moody to get you stops, their 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 best bench player might have been Gary Payton. Yeah, like dude, that. Fucking. Speaking um, of players, you don't like to play in the playoff series. Yeah. But Jordan Poole was like a disaster every time he touched the ball, and you can't do that against the Lakers, who got deeper with the trade deadline. Um, I, I I laughed at your uh your your Trumpian tweet. Just it's like, just the, it was the truth. No, Every time he touched the funny, ball, it was a disaster. I'm not, I'm not was, saying it was like the it was Trumpian in its in in the tone of the verbiage. <laughs> not in terms of like like actual racism or yeah. anything horrible. Just like Jordan Poole is a bad basketball player. Anytime he touches the ball, the Kings win. Jordan Poole, bad, sad. Anyway. I, I, I was just really surprised that the minutes Kerr gave, kept giving him. Guess he just what else was he supposed to do? His his whole game plan seems to be to throw himself at the basket and hope something good happens. Yeah, or that's like that's what that's what he Steph does. Curry. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, big Wigan series. I think a big Wigan series. Uh, yeah, and, and honestly, I think Kerr might be the one guy to do this. I'd see about getting LeBron switched on Steph. Like I, I, I know LeBron's a, the smartest player in the league. I yeah. know, but if you want to fucking wear his, he, he clearly does. He saves himself. Understandably. He's 38. I'm not saying he's not smart to do it, but challenge that make him defense staff, make him run around those yeah. screens. I don't let him just play free safety. And I will see. I think LeBron could probably handle him on ball. Yeah, maybe LeBron 100% does not want to chase him around off ball screens. Steph is slippery, man. I mean, he's the slipperiest player we've ever seen. He's a, he's a motherfucker to defend. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see because it's not like the warriors want to want to run either. Cause that's, that's how they beat the Kings is they dramatically like slowed the game down. Um, You know, well, we, every time LeBron plays the warriors, you know what he wants to do is the opposite of that. He wants Steph on him. He wants to yeah. bully Steph. He loves to do that. Yeah. Um, he, he, he can bully anybody on that team, honestly, I think. I think him and Davis, if him and Davis are great, I don't see a way the Warriors win this this series. Mm-hmm. Just because I just think, A, I don't see the way most teams win that series. But just 
I just think they're so physical, and I don't think the Warriors have a guy like that. I, yes, Draymond, but Draymond defending two of those guys. You know, they don't have yeah. Iguodala anymore. Yeah. God bless Wiggins. I know Wiggins is very good. He's not Iguodala. Iguodala is one of the smartest yeah. defenders I've ever seen. And I, I think LeBron, I think, is the most intelligent player in the NBA. He's such a mastermind. As is tell- yeah. And I say that with respect to a lot. As there's some geniuses in this league. But I think LeBron's just just on another level. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think, yeah, I think this series. When I heard about people talking about Warriors Kings before the season, or Warriors Kings, fuck, Warriors Lakers before the season uh, or before the postseason, I was like, eh, because the Lakers what team I, wasn't super interesting. Now. Lakers team wasn't super now interesting. interesting. The Warriors have been kind of flat, but now that I've seen these guys in the playoffs, I'm like, okay, this game, this series could live up to the hype. I really think that. Yeah, and it's cool I, from like a historical context. Yeah, I think what Go worries ahead. me about the Warriors in this series is. I think if they win the series, I think Steph needs to play like 40 minutes a game. Yeah. And Steve Kerr is He's so reluctant to do that. Understandably. Um, like, we'll see. Because Clay Thompson didn't exactly have a fantastic series in, 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 in the first round. I thought Wiggins was really consistent, but he didn't have like a breakout game. Um, yeah. Lakers got to like, win those. The offense just it was if if Steph was on, they scored. If he wasn't, they didn't like it yeah, wasn't like exactly. Steph was having a bad game. So Clay picked up the slack and they won. There was none of that. It was Steph or nothing. Um, and that's why. I'm, and I think that's tough to ask of him at 35 to do that over and over and over. I agree. I agree. And I think that's why for the Lakers, the key is going to be. And I'm not. I know every single person in the world is going to say that the next factor is probably going to be Reeves particularly in the minutes that Curry's not off the floor to keep the Lakers scoring so that they can make them pay when Curry's yeah. off the floor. If it's just a stalemate where it's like two to two to three or two to four after in the non Curry minutes, that's not anything you need to capitalize when he's off the floor. And right. I think Reeves Reeves can Reeves can do that. And I'm not going to say like, obviously Memphis was missing players, but I, I am curious to see what happens when Reeves is against like a Wiggins or a Draymond in particular, Yeah, I think will be very interesting. Okay. That's enough NBA talk. Let's get into some NFL talk before we go here. The draft. The draft. I guess we could talk about free agency a little bit. I don't really have many takes. Free agency was like a month ago, but Lamar's back with the Ravens. Sad. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Finally. Uh, I noted we, I, I called it on the podcast of like, during the season, but I will say I kind of feel worse about the jets than I did before Rogers went because Rogers starting to do his, like, what if we trade Elijah Moore and bring in my guys thing? And I fucking whatever. Um, but, um, I guess we could talk about the draft. Eli. Yeah. I think by some metrics, some people probably think my team and your team have the two best drafts in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure. People really liked our drafts. Uh, <laughs> I liked I liked I liked the draft. Yeah. Um I like many am a sentimental man and when Joey Porter Jr got drafted to the Steelers yeah. with the 32nd yeah. overall pick I, I I was there for it. I was hyped. Right. Um we were you were wishing Jalen Carter into the ether. It happened. It happened. Jalen Carter is a is a Eagle. My low key, if they weren't going to go Joey Porter at 32 hope was Nolan Smith. And yeah, I feel validated because our boy Howie also liked Nolan Smith. <laughs> God damn. That defense is going to be sick. The front seven is going to be sick. 
Um, and yeah, I know it's the all Georgia team, whatever. And by the way, took a shot on Keely Ringo, another guy that I wouldn't have hated in the second round. And they got him, I think the fourth, right? They got him in the fourth. Yeah, I think. <laughs> wow. I mean, really impressive. Uh, drafts from the Eagles, everybody like up and down the board. Everyone pretty much agreed. Um, and yeah, I, uh, for the Steelers, Steelers got a guy in the seventh that some people like Brett Coleman and stuff had like right after Joey Porter as the, as like CB five. I think Dane Brugger said he was the last player on his top hundred that got drafted and Corey Trice jr. And man, if the Steelers come away with this draft with two corners, Oh my God. I am. This is Omar Khan, our new GM's first draft. <laughs> and I am singing that guy's praises. I think he's had a hell of an offseason. The only move mm-hmm. I don't like really is the Matt Canada keeping Matt Canada. But even then I get it. You don't want to change a rookie quarterbacks, offensive coordinator that that obviously can be really crippling. So eh, I don't love it, but at least I understand the logic, but man, even stuff like they got Allen Robinson for nothing to be their third receiver. Right. I like that. It's a flyer. Uh, and they have a guy on their roster, Calvin Austin, the third who, who got hurt in, tra- uh, in the preseason last year. People thought that guy was going to be like when, when people were in the preseason getting hyped for the Steelers rookie receivers, it wasn't just Pickens. It was Pickens and Austin every day. were like making a crazy play. If he can come back healthy. All right. All right. We're cooking with gas. This is the most hyped I've been. I think going into a Steelers season after that draft. God, since Brown and Bell were on the team, (laughs) it's been a minute. Part of that is that Ben's gone. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what Kenny Pickett is. We'll see. I'm still like, you know, would I have rather just waited a year and seen about Anthony Richardson? Yeah. Yeah. That's the process I would have done. But for what they did, I thought Kenny Pickett looked pretty good at the end of last year. So let's see. Let's see. We're here. This is the reality we live in. Um. On that note, let's see. I have I had more draft questions. I'm trying to look in the old outline here. We had uh, what what were some of your favorite draft moves uh, before we get to the ones we didn't like so much? Um, I think one that's pretty. I I was kind of surprised to see some negative outlook on this, but I kind of like the Texans getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Like I yeah. know they they gave up some some draft capital, but I think it's, I think it's a cool move to have like a centerpiece on each side of the ball. Like CJ Stroud is, is now your franchise in. quarterback, and Will Anderson, by a lot of accounts, was one of the, was one or two like one of the best defensive players in this draft, and yeah, like he's a star edge rusher in the making. I, I think that's, also, that's a really like, good way to to have some star power on both sides of the ball. And obviously, you know they have D'Amico Ryan's, who's by all accounts just a. I mean, yeah. we saw it with the Niners. Just a fantastic head coach and human being, but. They had Nick Bosa, you know, they had a star pass rusher who ironically got drafted at number two. Granted, Anderson Mm -hmm. went at three, but kind of de facto number two because the Texans took Stroud at two. Um, Part of me is like, okay, not great process because they gave up. They're trading like they're a couple moves away from being good. But that said, they also have the Browns pick next year. So it's not like they're out of the first round. Now, granted, there's a chance they gave uh, Arizona a top five pick, depending on Correct. where the Texans fall in the standings, which is tough. It's a tough beat. But also it's like, fuck it. If you love Will Anderson, if you love Will Anderson, and it sounds like the Texans absolutely yeah. adored Will Anderson, 
I guess get your get your guy. Like you said, it's two a good start. Blue chip guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like Stroud. Stroud Stroud, if I was the three quarterbacks I liked in this draft were the top three that went. Was yeah. Young, Stroud, and Richardson. To yeah. me, Stroud was the guy with the highest floor. Richardson was the guy with the highest ceiling, and Bryce Young was was somewhere in the middle. Also yeah. had a high floor, but could have or ha- had a high ceiling, but could have a bit of a lower floor. And I, it, in my philosophy, based on like the Mahomeses of the world, I probably would have went with Richardson. But I have no problem with someone taking Bryce Young. I have no problem with someone taking CJ Stroud. Stroud was actually, honestly, I say, I say like the crazy in me would have picked Richardson, but I think gun to my head, my job on the line, I probably would have taken Stroud just because I like his floor so much. I think the Texans need a guy with an established floor. I really like Stroud. Very impressed with the Colts taking Richardson, especially given the Will Levis talk we heard so much. I, (laughs) I, maybe Will Levis is good in a few years and I look like an idiot, but I just feel like everything you could say about Will Levis could be said better by Anthony Richardson. He's a guy with a t- a big arm, a ton of athleticism, w- big boomer bust. To me, yeah. all those things were better with Richardson. So if you're going to take right. R- Levis I, and Richardson's on the board, I just didn't understand logic. And, and I think the Colts made the right move. I agree. Uh, and I don't hate Tennessee making a move for Levis in the second round. I, I think they didn't even give up that much draft capital to move up. I think tennis. I think Tennessee played that pretty good. They got it. They got a uh, Skronsky who was my favorite offensive lineman in the draft probably uh, for, for they didn't have to move to get Skronsky. And then they got, Le- they got Levis and now they have Levis and Willis and Tannehill. <laughs> so I, I don't know where that goes this season, but it's an interesting look in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think it's telling that. So the AFC South has Jacksonville with, with Trevor Lawrence I think it's telling that every other single team in the AFC South drafted their quarterback of the future, presumably in this draft. Uh, the uh, the Texans took Stroud, the Colts took Richardson, and the Titans took Lovis. Um, we kind of saw this with the AFC West for the past few years, with the Chargers moving on from Rivers to get Herbert and the Raiders. Well, they 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 didn't they, they had Carr, but they they made a swing on Devonte Adams, and. Um, Who's the other team in the AFC West? Oh, the, the Broncos traded the farm for Russell Wilson. I think it's telling. I think they all said, listen, this division has Patrick Mahomes. We're not going to win if we can't match that firepower. And uh, I think the AFC South is kind of doing their own version of that with Lawrence. Um, And I think even the the AFC East we saw with the Jets and uh, the Jets and Rodgers are doing kind of their same thing. Um. Before we get into drafts we don't like or we were kind of critical of, uh, I want to ask you, Eli, this is not a hard and fast. I'm asking you like off the cuff this, so just off the top of your head. Who would you say are the top, let's say, seven quarterbacks in the AFC right now? Oh, geez. Um, just in, in no particular order? Let's say in some particular order. Cause it's in kind some of particular okay, order. Okay, I'll, list, I'll, I'll start listing mine, and okay. you tell me if you disagree vehemently. Okay. Mahomes won. Best yeah. best player in the league, Burrow two. Burrow two. We have named Jackson's Burrow two. No, I think Burrow two is pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Allen three. Yes. Rogers four. Sure, but we'll Rogers see. Piece, huh? I would like to see first. Yeah, sure. But, but let's just say hypothetically, sure. what we saw at the end of last season, Rogers yeah. four. It's a little tough here. I'll say Herbert five. Correct. 
Lamar or Lawrence six, would you say? Lamar. I'll take okay, the, Lamar. I will take the the, the, the the like the proven resume right now. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So we'd say Lawrence is seven, I think. Pretty safe. I think so, yes. Okay, let's say you put Trevor Lawrence on a random NFC team. What where does he rank then? <laughs> Probably top three. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Yeah. Oh my god. I yeah, Jalen. I've seen some people kind of be skeptical on Jalen. It's like, can he do it again? Is it just this thing? But I'm also like, man, he's not losing any of his weapons, guys. I, he's the yeah. offense well, Stike, is like Stike essentially a copy and paste. By the way, by the way <laughs> let me say, Steichen with Taylor and Anthony Richardson is so fucking sexy. I think the I think the Colts are going to be a fun ass team to watch, especially if Richardson. All he has to do is beat out Gardner Minshew for that starting job, which I don't, you know. Speaking of former Eagles, I don't think uh, is going to be the hardest thing to do. Anyway, um, speaking of going for it, man, the NFC is like, who, who would you say are the truly elite teams in the NFC? I'd say the Eagles pretty easily. Yeah. And the Niners. the Niners who have like a three man race for yeah. quarterback, maybe sort of kind of the Niners have everything but that quarterback position. Eli, on a scale of one to 10, if we get to the end of the season, it turns out Sam Darnold's the best quarterback on the 49ers. How surprised would you be? Not at all. Thank you. Oh, my that, God, Eli. That's how volatile that quarterback situation is. And that's what Kyle Shanahan does, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, he might be the most talented just from a talent standpoint right now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, man, if you're in the NFC, fucking go for it. Who's the third best team in the NFC right now? Dallas? Dallas. You. That's, Seattle? The, the, the Giants could do something, maybe? Like Eli. we'll get to our preview. I think the Giants <laughs> are fool's gold, man. That is regression in the mean city, bro. Doubling down on Danny Dimes, pass. I will say Hard giving pass. Danny Dimes like forty million a year. What are we doing? Well, Saquon will be. What are we for the, doing for the two games Saquon plays this year? I'm sure he'll be just phenomenal. Uh, like, what are we doing? I so, I guess we didn't talk about this in the free agency at all. So. Do you remember the Giants traded Kadarius Tony, their first round draft pick in the middle of the season? Yeah, they traded to the Chiefs. Yeah. To the Chiefs, yeah. And yeah. now every time Kadarius Tony catches a ball for 12 yards, everyone's like, man, the Giants gave up on this guy and just gave him to the Chiefs. Chiefs Isn't win Kadarius again. Tony like the third or fourth wide receiver on that team anyway? They drafted pretty much. another one, so probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point is, I said at the time in the podcast, I'm like, okay. Damina says that their general manager and their leadership realize we're, we're all kicking our coverage right now. Yeah. We are saying we still got a long way to go in this process. I'm guessing that re-signing Danny Dimes was a Mara call. I'm guessing he's like, we got our Eli Manning, our, our white Please. quarterback of the future is here, baby. And, you know, he won a playoff game. Everyone loves playing. He won a playoff game. Please don't ask what happened after that. Yeah. People love pointing out that he won a playoff game, man. What a fucking. He beat the team that. They every, won the fraud bowl. Yeah, I was going to say he beat the team that every single person in the whole world, including Vikings fans, said was going to lose that first playoff game. <laughs> I'm so proud of Danny Dimes. Fra- fraud bowl champions 2023. Yeah. 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 Uh, Blake Bortles won two playoff games, by the way. Anyway. Um. So that's why I'm not high on the Giants. I I like Seattle. I think Seattle's pretty good, actually. Um, I 
I want to like Dallas. I like every move Dallas did except for one in this offseason. And the one might be the biggest one because I get so excited. They got they got Stephon Gilmore for nothing. I thought they had a pretty good draft. I know some of their fans don't like it, but they grabbed a tight end. They traded for Brandon Cooks, man. Oh man, I can't wait for Kellen Moore to coach this. Oh, fuck. Mike McCarthy's their offensive coordinator now. That's right. I think the offense is gonna be substantially, substantially worse. <laughs> I, I just don't know why you're doubling down on Mike McCarthy in the year of our Lord 2023, but that's Jarrah for you, baby. Jarrah world. Oh God. Um, yeah, I have a few. I, 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 I think the hot take. All right. I'll, I'll I was going to put this out in August, but I'll put it out now. Like what if the Panthers just win the NFC South? What if Bryce young is just like Cam Newton too, where he just has a phenomenal rookie year. That, that division is wide open. That division People is wild. are like buying Saints stock, and I'm just like, okay. Do you know? You remember when I said like I was talking about the NBA, and I said something like, "Yeah, you can't build for last year's team. You have to realize that you're in this year's team." The Saints are like building like they have Drew Brees in 2018. I mean, I like that offense with Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara Rizzo. might be in prison Rizzo. by the time the season starts. <laughs> He's not in prison yet, yet, Joe. He's not in prison yet. Did you say Michael Thomas? Did you say Michael Thomas? Did I hear those words come out of your mouth? (laughs) Michael Thomas played like one game in the past four years. I think the last time Michael Thomas played He's not like dead yet though, Joey. All right. He can play the last football. time he played double digit games. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump was in office. Like I'm almost positive. <laughs> I think there wasn't a pandemic before my, last time Michael Thomas played multiple like double digit games. Are you hearing yourself right now? <laughs> they don't even have Sean Payton anymore or the myth that he's coming back. They have nothing. They have nothing. They have Derek Carr. They have, they have Derek Carr. That's the Raiders the past few years when you had Derek Carr and nothing around him, how that's worked. Uh, I think this, I guess my I, point is, is that this division is wide open and I could see the Saints I, winning. I could see the I, I could see any of these four teams winning at the If honest. I was a Saints fan, I would be thanking my lucky stars that Mickey Loomis didn't trade our first round pick next year. That's all <laughs> I'll say. That's all I'll say about that. Bucks, by the way, doubling down on the Baker Mayfield experience by not drafting Will Levis was interesting. Not that I'm a big Will Levis guy, but like, I mean, something. (laughs) He's not Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield living up to that commercial, that Tom Brady NFL 100 commercial where Tom Brady said, hold my rings. Now he gets to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady, everybody. Poor poor Mike Evans. (laughs) Poor Chris Godwin. (laughs) Hope you enjoy those rings, boys. Jesus Christ. Oh man, I just yeah. The, the that's a, you know what's funny? I actually I I'm not worried about the Bucks or the Saints ruining my Panthers position. The Falcons are I'm I'm kind of showing eyes at the Falcons right now. Like oh okay, listen, would I draft Bijan Robinson top ten? No, because he's a running back, and I don't believe in that. But at least it's fun. Running back atheist over here. Yeah yeah, I'm a running back atheist. You know, like like keep that shit in church. But. <laughs> If there was a team he was going to go to, this team like turned Cordero Patterson to like a top five running back. Like Arthur Smith knows his running backs. Yeah. I'm excited. There's your odds on favorite for, for offensive rookie of the year. Oh, like not even like if he stays healthy, like who Jackson Smith and Jibba on the, on the Seahawks. Like who, who, I don't even know who else. Well, well, if Bryce young does lead them to the playoffs quarterbacks, you know, but, um, yeah, I th- I think the Falcons could be could be really fun. I I'm 
I'm I'm looking forward to this NFL season. It got really interesting in the offseason there. Um I'm trying to think of other NFC teams. Oh, let's talk about our least favorite draft. <laughs> Man, remember how high we were on the Lions coming in this post this offseason? Remember how they had all the draft capital? They had the sixth overall pick. They were one game away from the playoffs. Jamal Williams is crying yeah. after that game. Yeah. Dan Campbell eating kneecaps. All right, well, they got rid of Jamal Williams. That sucks, but you know, yeah. running back's not a, not a position you can play. You should pay a lot of, of tap room capital. Oh, they signed David Montgomery to a big contract. Okay. Well, hey, they, they're set at running back. They have mm-hmm. their defined running back, Swift and Montgomery. They're gonna they're gonna trade down from six. Okay, you know, get more draft capital. That's cool. Twelve's coming up. Maybe grab a pass rusher. Maybe grab like a Nolan Smith or like a yeah. maybe another receiver. Maybe like a Jackson. Uh, they Gibbs. <laughs> they they drafted the second best running back at twelve. Oh dear. Well, they have a you know even Gibbs was like surprised at how high he was taken, which is like not a great sign. Uh, who else was taking running back? Who else did you have to beat out for Jameer Gibbs? Even if you just traded the pick down another few spots, if if the Seahawks were going to draft Gibbs because they love running back so much, let them make that mistake. I'm just um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just so the Lions had a really great season last year, and I think they started liking the smell of their own farts a little too much. I think they try to get real cute. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think a big rule for draft. <laughs> um, don't reach, right? Don't reach. Who? Who? Be watched? more willing to trade back if, when like, we you don't have anyone that, that you love at that pick. Just trade back. When we were watching that Lions draft last year, or when we were watching that Lions team last year, that Lions offense, where we like, man, this team's a running back away. No one said that. No one said that. Listen, and everyone, I think uh, Nate Tice made this point on the athletic football show or Robert Mays. One of the, one of those guys did where it was like, man, anytime this move is made, it's like, well, we think he can be like an Alvin Kamara or a Christian McCaffrey who can, um, who can be a receive or threaten the receiving game and the passing game equally. Isn't that what DeAndre Swift was? Granted Swift was that health issues, but also like, how many running backs are truly like that? There's yeah. a reason you only name two. It's Kamara and it's McCaffrey. That's yeah. it. That's like it. Like to be that guy, you have to invest so much of your offensive snaps in that guy. And keep in mind, you're already paying top of the market r- money to a running back. Like, so you have to, like, if you want to get your money's worth, you got to give Montgomery snaps too. I, I just, yeah. And then they, they grab an inside linebacker. Someone that was mocked, Jack Campbell, was mocked to the to the Lions a lot because they liked his personality. In the third round, yeah, I, I, uh, it was so upsetting because it's just like this team has so much opportunity to really make something special, mm-hmm. and I feel like they really fumbled the bag, man. Christian Gonzalez was on the board, and you just let New England have him. Yeah. Oh my God. Everyone consensusly was like, this guy is the closest thing to sauce in this draft. And she just, you just traded away Jeff Okuda. You could have, uh, why? Ugh, I just, I had such a nasty feeling. And then in the second round, the first pick is Joey Porter. The second pick is, uh, is, is Will Levis. Yeah. 
The third pick is the Lions because they made a, I thought, good trade with the Cardinals to move down and get that second round pick. Okay, great. They draft Sam Laporta, who was like tight end six on everyone's board. Well, Michael Mayer, who was tight end one on most people's boards, wasn't drafted, like wasn't drafted yeah. by them. And then the Raiders trade up and get him. And I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? I was, I agreed with the process. They needed a tight end. Trade down if you love Sam Laporta that much. I just, uh, I, I was not a fan of Lions draft. That's what I'll say. <coughs> yeah. And for everyone acting like the NFC North's a cakewalk now, because no one likes that Vikings team. Yeah. No, uh, Rogers is gone. And people still think the bears are away. Or wow, wait. I really like the Packers draft. Packers got two tight ends that I liked more than the one tight end that the Lions got. They got two tight ends afterward that I liked more in Tucker Craft and Musgrave. Yeah. I think that offense could be pretty fun. I watched uh, well, hard last year. It depends on Jordan Love, obviously. That's the big variable. Yes, but, that's the big one. Yeah. I'm not ready to say it's fun yet, but we're seeing Jordan Love like get consecutive starts here. So I agree. And like listen, people are We've yet to see Jordan Love play good football. People are overblowing that Eagles game. E- Eli watched it. It was a big Christian Watson completion that Christian Watson did most of the yep. work on. That was like really inflating those numbers. Go ahead. Eli. It was very much Eagles have a sizable lead and they they stop playing. You know, yeah, they 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 stop locking in. A if he bit. start if he starts that game, we'll see how he plays yeah, against that Eagles correct. defense. Um, man, we've been going for a while, but I just want to say, like, I. Nothing in the NFL is guaranteed, man. Just because you're the darling now, like what happens if Gibbs gets hurt in week three, you know, Gibbs gets hurt in week three. And let's say, let's say who's a player that was taken after him. That was like, let's say Christian Gonzalez is balling out in new England. All of a sudden you're not the darling anymore, man. You're the guy that passed on Christian Gonzalez that everyone thought was better for a running back. Like I just, like like you said, you say it a lot nicer than I did. They got too cute. I think I I think liking the smell of your own farts is a better better term for my. I think oh. like they they just went in too hard. We're like we really need these things. And like I kind of get some of their process because they're sure. they like they like certain types of mindsets and guys in their locker room. They're big on that stuff, and I kind of agree because that was a big part of their success towards the end last year was like that raw raw locker room leader Dan Campbell mentality guys. That's fine, but just find those guys later. Yeah. And if you don't find them, just I, I, I don't know, man. I whatever. Um, otherwise, guys, I didn't like. Um, I thought the Chargers took Quentin Johnson really early. You know who who I really liked as a draft pick? The Bills took Dalton Kincaid, who people thought might be the best pass catcher, tight end, or receiver, or mm-hmm. running back in this draft. As much as, you know, I, I like Dawson Knox, but I thought Kincaid in the first round, I thought that's just a perfect pick because they need another. I think the uh, the the playoffs and the end of the season kind of showed the bills. They need another guy who's not digs. They yeah. need someone to take take. And they expected Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox to be those guys. None of them were. And, you know, James Cook wasn't none of their running backs were. I think Kincaid can be on day one. And that's the the bills need up to day yeah. one player. Yeah. I thought the Bills had a good draft. I thought, um, like I said, I already pointed out the Steelers with Joey Porter, but I thought getting Broderick Jones was a really good piece. They they 
they need an offensive lineman. And I thought it was good that they didn't. They didn't panic when Paris Johnson went in the top 10. They waited until literally the last second to trade up. So they didn't give up much capital. So they, they got the last the last consensus top four guy who everyone had in that top tier with Broderick Jones. Uh, they they oh, I, was, I didn't want to say this on like tweet this, but I was like, man, Darnell Washington's on the board. And I know Steeler fans are so fucking weird about Friar move. They love <laughs> Steelers fans, love a white tight end. They love a white tight end. They're so defensive. But I was like, man, they grabbed Darnell Washington and they did. Darnell Washington is like Brock Lesnar. He's like six, seven, two fifty five fucking sh- brick shit house of a man. And yeah, he's. He's like not really refined. And I think that's why he fell. But man, if they can just and honestly, as like a tight end too, man, his his blocking's pretty good. He he's gonna obviously they want to run like that. That's 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 being made clear how much they want to run the ball with Najee. And hey, fine, whatever. That speaking of first round draft picks, I didn't like yeah. for running backs. But if they want to run with Najee, great. You know, just don't put too much on Kenny's plate. I don't. I don't think that's a wrong. That's not the. You know, no. not how I'd run my offense. But hey, with Kenny Pickett, with what you have, work with what you have. And I think that twelve personnel set. They really haven't had that in Pittsburgh, and that's how a lot of modern offenses yeah. work. You know, look how much Kansas City and, and Philadelphia love twelve personnel. Yeah. And if you have Darnell Washington on one side and Fryermuth on the other, it's. I, I just think that opens up a world of possibilities yeah. for you. So yeah, I'm big fan of the Steelers draft. Two thumbs up. Um, oh, I guess we should point out the other Lions draft pick there. Once I'm out, uh, the Lions drafted Hendon Hooker to be their QB of the future. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, sure, whatever. Do you do you know how much older Jared Goff is than Hendon Hooker? Not very. He's three years older. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone like like Schefter and all these guys like they got How old is Hooker? of the future. Twenty five. He's a twenty five year old. Jalen Hurts is younger than he is. Yeah. Jalen Hurts oh, is yeah. twenty four. Jalen Hurts was drafted three years ago. Correct. My lord. <laughs> Jason. How, how old's Jason Tatum? No. Is Jason Tatum still nineteen? <laughs> he's I think twenty. I think he's also twenty four, right? Something like uh, that. I, I think so. Yeah. Twenty twenty five. He's twenty five. Okay. He's the same age. Yeah. I've been watching Jason Tatum play basketball. For for a while now, you know, Luka yeah. Doncic is younger than him, than Hendon Hooker. Yeah, God bless Hendon Hooker. He seems like a nice guy. He had a he had a good year at Tennessee. If you want him as a backup, hey, that's totally viable, and yeah. maybe he pops off or whatever. But to say like this is the QB of the future, I think is insulting my intelligence. Quite frankly, yeah. I think they're just looking at like, hey, if he hits his upside, and Goff, we just can't go any further with Goff, or we need to cut Goff fine but to me you're playing the middle ground game there and i just feel like if you have two quarterbacks you don't have any quarterbacks that's kind of how i feel in that situation um otherwise any interesting moves of the draft uh it was a fun draft i enjoyed it i actually didn't watch the any of the broadcasts i just i i had really put on a, yeah i put on a stream of the athletic football shows thing and then i was realizing i'm like you know, I don't really like any of these guys on either of the yeah. channels other than like Rich Eisen. Like, I don't need Mel Kuyper yeah. yelling at me. I don't need I don't need like Schefter coming in with his weird propaganda stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'll just watch these guys. <laughs> and then I'll I just watch day two or three. But I think day one is like a fun event. Um, yeah, it kind of is. I just you know what else? I You know, when I realized it, I remembered last year how annoyed I was when Goodell came out and gave like his 10 minute speech about how much football means and like their weird propaganda and they're weird trying to make Roger Goodell likable by bringing out 
this year they brought out a bunch of Kansas State Chiefs on stage so that they wouldn't boo him. And I was just like, yeah, I don't need any of this. <laughs> I'm good on all of that. So uh, I opted out of the uh, of the of the draft experience, but they didn't miss my viewer viewership. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at other picks I might have liked. I will uh, say, I mean, we this is a conversation all the time, but I think good. the NFL Network broadcast is so much better than the ESPN one. I do too. The ESPN one had fucking like Mike Greenberg hosting it. I can't. Okay, no. yeah. I'm not a no. greenie guy. I don't know why no. ESPN loves Greenberg so much. I I think he's so lame. I think yeah. he's whereas the whereas the NFL network is Rich Eisen I, money. Listen, money. Listen. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, oh Rich Rich Eisen's yeah. a fucking master at this. Yeah. yeah. Um listen, I don't I don't mean to I try to avoid like toxic masculine insults, but like Greenberg's such a wiener. I can't stand <laughs> his weenie ass. He is he is, he is a wiener, yes, I agree. Oh gosh. There's a reason anybody anybody who used to work at ESPN, if they bring up Greenberg, make fun of him. Like there's a reason for that. I think, I think it's telling. He also uh, so, takes himself way too seriously. That's why. Yeah, exactly. He thinks he thinks he's he thinks he's like Walter Cronkite for sports. And it's yeah. just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Anyway. Yeah. Um I thought the Raiders had a good draft. I think getting Mayer and Tyree Wilson, I listen, I'm still skeptical on whatever this Josh McDaniels fucking whatever. Listen, I I wouldn't put my eggs in the McDaniels basket, but I thought they had a good draft. Uh Vikings grabbing Jordan Addison was very interesting, a receiver uh to pair with um pair with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I there was enough buzz around the Vikings that I thought they were going to be the team that made the big move up to get like a Richardson or something. Uh-huh. I, I, cause it, I think it's pretty clear. Kirk cousins isn't long for Minnesota, but yeah, I just think they're afraid to, to put too many assets from the future. I, I like into that. something. Yeah. I get that. I think they're cool. I think they're cool. Just being like, let's resign Jefferson. If we have a bad year and we, and there's a good quarterback yeah. in the draft, we're good. You know? Yeah. And, I and yeah. I, and I understand that because I think that the, the Vikings are, I would not be surprised if they just had like a four or five win season all of a sudden, like, yeah, I think they're volatile enough. So yeah. I would also be reluctant to put future assets into something. I agree, man. But goddamn, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, what a player. Um, oh, God. I'm sad to say, once again, the Ravens had a good draft. I mean, their biggest move was resigning Lamar. But I yeah. I think I think the Ravens might be pretty damn good this year. I, and it it kind of scares me because I actually kind of they need Lamar to be healthy. All three. That's a- the a- conversation a- every year now. So. Yeah, but they actually have an offensive coordinator who knows how to run a, run a passing offense now because they got rid of right. Gray Roman. Look at their receiving core. Remember when for years this was the worst receiving core in the NFL? They have Odell, Rashad Bateman. They just drafted Zay Flowers. They have Mark Andrews still on the team. They're pretty stacked there now, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I like them. They were talking about trading for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It sounds like Hopkins is going to stay in Arizona, which – I mean, I, I liked what Arizona did in the draft, but I think at some point I, I get you don't want to sell them for pennies, but like, what are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing? I'm like, they're talking about like they haven't openly said this, but they're saying like there's people who say like if Kyler comes back and isn't great and they have the number one pick and Caleb Williams is coming out, mm, which I don't I don't know if we're ready to have that conversation yet. But, right. you know, it is it is uh, it's on the table. Yeah, uh, I was okay. One lines pick I liked. They drafted Brian Branch, who 
most people had like a first round safety. They drafted him. But that said, <laughs> they're pretty stacked at safety now because they have him, CJ Gardner Johnson. They have uh, uh, the guy they drafted last year, Kirby Joseph, in the second round. They have uh, Tracy Walker still there. So, yeah, again, I just not what I would have done. Um, anything else in the NFL before we wrap it up with our last spent talking point, Eli? No, no. Um, I think we covered it to be honest with you. Okay. Um, uh, Oh, really quick fun fact that I thought was really funny. So the Saints had a first round pick this year, Eli, they, they drafted a, they drafted Brian Brzee from uh, Clemson, which whatever fine pick. Do you know how they got that pick? No. All right. So. Eli might remember, uh, people forget the, the saints, uh, their original first round pick went to the Eagles at Correct. nine at LA at 10, but they traded up to nine. Um, so this saints pick was actually from San Francisco. Now, why, why did San Francisco give a first round pick? Well, they traded for Trey Lance. They traded three first round picks for Trey Lance to Miami. Now Miami then traded their first round pick because they didn't have another first round pick. They had it because they, the Tom Brady thing, they had to trade their other first round pick they had from the, from the Niners for, uh, Bradley Chubb to Denver. Now, Denver, Denver really wanted Sean Payton. So Denver traded their first round pick to the Saints. So this pick went from San Francisco to Miami, to Denver, to New Orleans. And we got up here. What a what a what a beautiful series of events. Just just mistake after mistake after mistake. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the Sean Payton thing. But uh, people think he's going to fix Russell Wilson. I'll just say I have my doubts on that. Um, right. Let's talk about what you've been watching lately, Eli. Um, not much to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I know what you're going to say. You're probably going to say Barry. Yeah, um, I, I forgot that that had premiered. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Cause I was really looking forward to it. I thought it was coming out in May. Um, they're, they're so now I'm behind error. because I had planned to watch through the other three seasons again. Cause it's been a while since I've watched through them all, yeah. especially like, especially at like the earlier seasons. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And then I'll catch up on, on the new stuff. So that's kind of what I've been watching is like catching up on the past seasons of Barry, which once again, a plus show in almost every facet. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but I'll, I'll let you. Do you have anything else you've been like checking out at all or anything? Um, I'll do like a what you've been playing. Um, I've been oh. playing the 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 uh, new Star Wars game, uh, Star Wars uh, Survi- uh, Jedi Survivor. Is that um, the Fallen Order sequel? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and once again, the, the first game was really great, and it's so rare that we get a good Star Wars game. Um, Which sucks because they used to be like common. Star Wars yeah. games used to be great. Um, I think literally the last good Star Wars game was the Last Jedi, the you know, Fallen Order one. So, uh, yeah. but really great, really great. No notes. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, you know what I've been watching? Uh, first of all, uh, I should know. Uh, me and Amber have been binge watching the show Seventh Heaven. Uh, this is not a show because we, we hold good Christian values. It is a hundred percent. I'll watch you used to laugh with your significant other or partner or friends or whoever. If you like watching just shit TV. Oh, it's so good. I should note, by the way, uh, some uncomfortability. Uh, the guy from seventh heaven is a, uh, confessed pedophile, the uh, dad from that show. So, uh, take that with what you will when you watch it. Um, but yeah, the show is like, Early '90s white, just oh, there's a there's a you'll never watch it, so I'll just tell you the clip. Uh, there's a clip where they're they're doing a, every episode of Seventh Heaven in the first season. Anyways, a very special episode. This episode's about their their aunt who's an alcoholic. Um, she comes over and she's uh she keeps 
kind of sneaking off to the liquor cabinet, you know? Mm -hmm. So the kid, David Gallagher, Simon, who is noted uh, for some people as playing Riku in the Kingdom Hearts games. uh, Simon is, I think, eight or seven he's supposed to be in the show. So he steals the key, as kids do, and starts kind of running around with it, being like, ha, 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 I'm Batman. You can't take the key from me. I'll never give it up. And at first she starts joking around with the little sister and being like, oh, I know how to get from him. Tickle torture. And he won't give up the key. And it, I... I cannot recreate the escalation. It goes from ha 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 tickle torture to give me that damn key. And she picks him up by the scruff of the neck and slams him into the couch. And uh, Amber can do it better than me, but the, the line delivery is so funny as she's assaulting this child, her nephew and saying, give me the key to the liquor cabinet. And she's like, and Nancy, cause we're too stupid to understand why she's upset about this. Right. The reason is Eli. She's an alcoholic. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a very funny, cheesy show. It's uh, like chef's kiss, turn your brain off and just laugh at dumb shit kind of stuff. Anyway, yeah. Barry. OK, so I'm not going to spoil any Barry because Eli wants Please. to watch it. I, I won't. <laughs> yeah. I will say the show. So the end of season three. So you've seen the end of season three, right? Yeah. yeah. OK, so season three ends on pretty dark note namely there's like a a prolonged scene where sally the female lead who had been the the kind of crux of the show is that she'd been kept these distant from barry for no one who knows what barry's about barry stars bill Hader playing an assassin who falls in love with acting that's like the premise correct so he's like secretly a psycho who tries to be normal and it doesn't go well yeah he's a fucking psychopath (laughs) um especially in this last season but um he um, he at the, the the whole the kind of the crux of the show is Barry living these two separate worlds: the assassin life and the actor life. Those two worlds converge on each other in, in a pretty sadistic way at the end of season three, where someone who tries to kill Barry breaks into their apartment and, like, I think knocks out Barry and his girlfriend Sally gets in a fight with this guy, and it's like, like fucking dark like there's yeah. no music or anything it's literally there's a there's a prolonged like good 45 seconds or so of him like choking her with his Correct. like strangling her really fucked up scary shit it's 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 very effective um season four i think season three set the table for season four to lean a lot more into that i mean as this last episode's been very controversial i enjoyed it i liked it it definitely shifts darker than the shows ever went to with characters you're not expecting to get that dark. Uh, the comedy is very dark and it, it just goes in some very, very dark places. Namely, I won't say who, but just, just characters you don't expect it to go. And it ends on a twist. That's. I'll have to see where they go to know if I like it or not. It's a, it's a twist. You're not expecting it's season four, episode four. I'm very interested to see your take on it when you watch yeah. it. That's all I'll say. But if you're looking for dark, fine and it's so funny i think bill Hayer was a guy i was not into as a comedian really personally like i never found him that funny i know people love stefan from snl i never was into it i was just like the joke is he's gay and eccentric okay i get it whatever didn't help that jimmy fallon would like do that stupid thing where he couldn't where he can't stop laughing during the skit i hate jimmy fallon so much anyway i was never a big bill Hayer guy he has become one of my favorite actors through Barry through his comedy. He is very funny in Barry, like legitimately really, really funny, particularly his like dry sense of humor as Barry, but he can be fucking scary. 
scary, like genuinely intimidating. And I, and granted, he, Bill Hader's a tall dude, but he's always been like a geeky kind of tall. He's like intimidating. Like there's a phone call he has with, with one of the guys with, with a character in the show where he just loses his shit. And he's like, Oh, you think you're a fucking tough guy? You think you're a fucking tough guy? It's so fucking right. crazy. And there's a scene I posted on Twitter. I don't know if Eli saw it, but where he, t- he, t- he goes off on what a horrible person he is. It's very, very good. Um, so he's become actually like kind of one of my favorite actors, Loki. Uh, there's a there's a great for some of the comedy in Barry. I'll I'll say it's only stuff that you like seen. One of my favorite bits is there's there's this one where he's he's he got an audition because he's tall and Sally, his girlfriend, is like just a struggling actress in Hollywood trying to make it. Yeah begging to get a role and Barry just walks into one from and the joke is like it's white privilege and tall privilege he's just a tall decent looking white dude so he has a speaking line and then like like and it's funny because Sally and his teacher played by Henry Winkler Mr. Kusno have been like struggling actors for literally well Kusno's case decades and like even Kusno's like they gave you a speaking role like and everything (laughs) and the one line he has is hey Ike you shitbird you want a little pie (laughs) because it's like an American pie ripoff and there's this great scene where Sally goes on a rant about how upset she is and how like Sally, Sally is portrayed as a very interesting character. She's very egotistical and kind like genuinely kind of nasty at points of like as a like as like a person kind of mean spirited. But uh, she's clearly jealous of Barry. Understandably, you know, she's been working very hard and she goes on a rant about how much she hates this and everything. And they just cut back to Barry and you're expecting him to say something like, I didn't know you felt that way, Sally, or whatever. And he just stares and he just goes. Hey, Ike, you shitbird. Yeah. You want a little pie? <laughs> and they cut right there. And it's so fucking funny. It's so good. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan as Noho Hank is very yeah. funny in this show, especially considering he's not really a comedy actor. He's like Zaz in that Gotham show, I guess. I was looking up some other stuff he did after because uh, I was just curious. I, Wikipedia deep dives are like my kryptonite. I just, yeah. I just can't help. Uh, what else is he in? He's in like um, – He's in a bunch of stuff, but uh, yeah, he's he's normally uh, not a not a comedic actor, but uh, he's very funny as uh, Noho Hank in the show. And yeah, uh, Barry's good. Seventh Heaven is good in a different way. If you want to watch that stuff, I want to say, oh, uh, I've been watching last week tonight. Yeah, I like it, man. Some people don't. Um, it is I, consistently good. I don't. It is. It's very yeah. informative. Yeah. He had a really good one about uh, Biden's failed policies on uh, immigration based on what he promised. And I know politics aren't everybody's cup of tea, but I like it. Some of his jokes don't land. I will say some of his jokes are all – I've always thought this about Oliver. Some of his jokes are just like, OK, we get it. You're wacky. Like he yeah. just tries – like he tries to get his wacky charm more – is more the joke than his like the yeah. material. Some of the jokes do hit very well. I will say that. Uh, so yeah, I – um. I like last week tonight, so I've been watching that. I've uh, been playing NBA 2K my career because I'm a sick human being um, who needs help. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know what else I've been watching. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, but if you – nah, I won't recommend it. I'll recommend it next time if I watch it. It's good. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I guess that's it. You got anything else, Eli? No, I got nothing. How's, how's baseball? Not good. Are the, are the Cardinals not good? They're they're ten and nineteen. Oh, that is the worst start they've had in fifty years. But baseball's so cruel, man. 
baseball's so fucking cruel. You'll just not be good sometimes, and you you don't know why. The bats are just stone cold. Meanwhile, the Pirates and the Rays are just good for no discernible <laughs> reason. There's yeah. fucking, and then you you don't even get to be like like ten and nineteen. Like even even basketball, you're like okay, season's bad, whatever. I'll just look forward to the draft. No, baseball's just like you're gonna sit here till fucking September and watch this shit. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt Smith hitting 150 and you don't know why too fucking bad. Watch him miss you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. So yeah, that's baseball. Uh, the A's. Oh, the A's. I've trapped yeah, myself is, in, uh... Uh, in a curb your enthusiasm ask, ask a scenario, Eli, where I thought I was finally free. I had a perfectly viable excuse to leave this team. They're leaving the state. They're leaving their home. I think that's a perfectly reasonable reason to leave a team. I know this is all arbitrary. I should just be able to quit a team anytime I want. It's not that important. But I'm I like, you know what? You. I can do it. Well, no, I I was ready to. But the thing is, I have a son now. And he likes the A's. Uh-oh. And he likes all the teams I like. And I was telling him the other day, I'm like, well, what if we liked a different team? And he goes, no, I want to be an A's fan. <laughs> and, and I've never felt more bad for him. I've never felt like more of a failure as a father than when he said that to me. He has A's stuff. He dressed him. So he's. we've been letting him pick his own outfits and dress himself lately, you know, just trying to get him to grow up. And he came out yesterday wearing an A's hat and an A's shirt. And he goes, Daddy, I'm an A's fan. And I'm just like, oh, oh you poor thing. <laughs> he's going to start playing baseball this year. And I'm just like. This poor, poor guy. But I guess he's got to learn like the rest of us do. Oh, God. This team's going to, they're going to spend so much money into moving to Vegas. And I'm going to be so mad. I imagine like, their spending habits will change. Yes, I, I agree. I, I, <clears throat> we will see how quickly that happens, though, because I'm not sure if they plan to move after this season or not, because they need to build the fucking stadium. There, there was a report that they might play because you don't think you don't think the Raiders want to share again. You don't think the Raiders no. want to do that? Absolutely not. Um, the, there was talk that the A's might play in the minor league stadium there because the the Las Vegas Aces are a minor league baseball team. I've, I've been uh, my 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 player in the MLB uh, the show has been on the Las Vegas Aces. Um, that stadium holds like nine thousand people. I I cannot see a major league that'd baseball be, that'd team be like, playing be, somewhere. <laughs> That'd be about twice the capacity they're getting right now. It's <laughs> true. Uh, I, I cannot think of anything more apt for the for the athletics than them playing in a minor league stadium. I, I cannot cannot think of anything other than well, there's a possum in the walls apparently of the announcers booth for the road team. Yeah. So that that is that is if you're gonna go out, go out with the bang. Yeah. I, uh, we we will certainly see what happens, but it's. This whole thing love, is A's so, to a T. So so Moneyball, Moneyball, right? Great, yeah. a great film. Brad Pitt's best performance, in my opinion. Yeah. Love Moneyball. I've watched it a hundred times. I love that the owner of the A's is played by Bobby Kotick, the fucking president and CEO of Activision. <laughs> it's so good, it's and it's funny because I didn't realize that one day I was looking at when the Activision shit was going down. I'm like. Who the fuck is that guy? He looks super familiar. And then I was like, oh, he's, he's in the Moneyball. stingy owner of the A's. Moneyball. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. oh, 
I love that that guy. That guy probably thought he was such hot shit when he got that role because he's like a friend of a friend. Yeah, and he gets to play just the the fucking worst of sports owners. Well, not the worst. Dan Snyder just had to sell the team, but like like the the cheapest, douchiest fucking guy who's like Brad Pitt. You don't get to keep your players. We're, we're gonna. We're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut your legs off. And if you're not good, I'll fire you, Brad. Like he gets to be that guy. Ugh. Anyway, I don't know how we got to Moneyball, but here we are, everybody. Um, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again after a while. This podcast went way longer than I expected, but I hope I'll have it up tomorrow. <laughs>